Terrific to be with you on a Tuesday. This is the show covering everything Southern. I'm your host, John Rawl, and join me. Just pull on up a chair, and let's sit back together and enjoy three hours of talk about the South. That's what we've got here in store on this, what we hope, gorgeous day for you across the Southland. The Southland digging out after a rough couple of days. Tropical storm Claudette making its way in a deadly storm that's finally left most of the South behind. We'll have information on that plus more as we continue with this show. I want to invite you to be a part of the Y'all Show. You can do that by going to our website. It is y'all.com. Y'all is the South's official homepage. Y'all, Y-A-L-L dot com. Also, you can find us on all kinds of podcast options. You can find the podcast at y'all.com. You can find the podcast inside Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, the Stitcher app, and a couple of more out there that I'm somehow forgetting right now. But we're we're trying to be all over the place. So just check it out at y'all. If you miss any portion of the show, you can go back and tune those in in your own format, whatever whatever the podcast choice that you got. Also broadcasting on outstanding radio stations in the Southeast. Want to appreciate all those carrying us and all of those listening in on one of those great radio stations here on this gorgeous Tuesday. Here on the show, we've got a big, big show planned as we've got a Southern political report coming your way. Information on West Virginia's very first lottery to get people vaccinated. We'll tell you who the winner is. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee has got some smart words to say about Anthony Fauci. We'll find out what the, what do we call her, uh, dynamite. She's not Brenda Lee there in Nashville, Little Miss Dynamite, but Senator Blackburn is kind of like a Little Miss Dynamite. And we'll find out what she's got to uh, say about Fauci. And to quote that 70s show, is she going to say that Fauci is dynamite? Or is she rather critical? I think dynamite was a positive thing back in the 70s on good times. I think that was the show. Also here this hour, we've got hashtag hullabaloo and a look at Southern sports all coming your way. Hour one, hour two today, we're going to have you the latest in entertainment news, sad news. If you like speaking of 70 shows, the show WKRP in Cincinnati, one of the cast members who has a connection to the South, has died. We'll share information on that. Plus, it's getting close for Blake Shelton and his lady Gwen to tie the knot. And we'll give you some scoop on the future Mr. and Mrs. Shelton in our entertainment headlines, plus some Garth Brooks touring news. We'll pass along. Matt Hermans will be also dropping by hour two. Matt is our barrister of bodacious barbecue. And we have, oh man, is the summer already flying by? I think it is. We have, get this, I'm, I'm pulling up my calendar. We have days, just days before July 4th. We have now, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday is July 4th. Can y'all believe that? Independence Day is less than two weeks away. And because of that, we better get Matt Hermans to give us some 4th of July grilling tips. We'll do exactly that when he drops by, hour number two. And we'll also get him to talk a little college baseball as the College World Series in Omaha. We've already seen one team pack their bags and head to the desert. And I'll tell you who that is, and we'll discuss that, plus... One more team is going to be packing their bags and either heading to Austin or Knoxville today. 
and we'll get Matt Herman's Mr. College Baseball Insider for y'all.com. His thoughts on the College World Series taking place right now. We'll also, in Hour 2, give you an update about what all's on the homepage of the South, y'all.com. Hour 3 today, we're going to have more sports information that we'll be sharing with you, including some golf news. The women make their way to Atlanta for a major in the LPGA world. It's going to be going on the KPMG PGA Championship at the club that kind of became Bobby Jones's club, the is it the Atlanta Golf Club? I think it's what it's called. I've been to it. I've been to a wedding. It's in Johns Creek, Alabama, Alabama, Johns Creek, Georgia, and it is hosting this LPGA major this weekend. And I'll give you a little bit more information in our sports report coming up in hour three. Also, we're going to be telling you about the three B's that can help men live longer lives. What in the world are the three B's? Well, stick around. Hour three, we've got some good information that we'll be sharing with you. And if you're a fella, this can help you perhaps have a very long and healthy life. We get to that portion of our third hour. Kobe Bennett's going to be filing a Southern accent on the Southern arts and entertainment world. And we'll also open up our phone lines for your calls and texts. All that here on Y'all Talk with a Southern accent all right let's get into the news here on the southern show and first off we'll kind of start off with a story that was a little bit more of a sports related story but it was a big enough deal that we need to talk about it here on monday the u.s supreme court ruled unanimously that the ncaa cannot limit education related benefits like computers and paid internships that colleges can offer their sports stars and and that is a victory for college athletes that could help open the door to further easing in the decades-old fight over paying student athletes. It's looking more and more like the days of an amateur in college sports are limited as schools can recruit top athletes now and offer tens of thousands of dollars in education-related benefits that also include study abroad programs and graduate scholarships. However, This Supreme Court case doesn't decide whether students can simply be paid salaries for the benefits they share, measured in tens of millions for many, many universities. But it looks like a little bit more closer to the U.S. seeing college athletes be further compensated for what they do out on the sports fields in college athletics. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote for the court, And he wrote that the NCAA sought immunity from the normal operation of the antitrust laws and went on to say that an argument said following the colleagues and universities to offer enhanced education-related benefits may encourage scholastic achievement and allow student-athletes a measure of compensation more consistent with the value they bring to their schools. Under the current NCAA rules, students cannot be paid and the scholarship money a college can offer is capped at the cost of the cost to attend that school. But yes, it's getting rather apparent that college athletes are going to be paid and given more benefits after a unanimous decision from Washington on Monday with the Supreme Court making this ruling. The family of an armed Virginia Beach, Virginia man killed by police is now suing the city and is seeking more than $50 million in damages. The family also wants another $350,000 in punitive damages. Donovan W. Lynch died on March 29th in Virginia Beach 
when a uniformed VBPD officer shot him during an altercation. The officer was not arrested, and his body camera was not active during the incident. Mr. Lynch's family filed a lawsuit on Monday, providing what the legal team calls additional context surrounding the shooting as well as a response from the police. But again, this family of Donovan Lynch, the 25-year-old killed on March 29th in a police shooting, suing the city for $50 million in damages. And that is a gigantic increase in, I think, even the number in the George Floyd case in Minneapolis of what the family settled for in that case, even before I think it went to trial with the Minneapolis Police Department and perhaps even the state of Minnesota. And to this story, this happened in Chicago, but it happened to a very innocent and very, very sharp University of Maryland criminology student. She was killed over the weekend in Chicago, another Chicago killing, this time a visitor, and a visitor in an area of downtown Chicago, you don't normally see anything like this happen. But Anat Kimchi was a 31-year-old doctoral student who was born in Israel but grew up in Maryland and was visiting Chicago over the weekend and was killed in downtown Chicago. Police found Kimchi lying on a sidewalk in the city's Loop District at South Wacker Drive had two stab wounds in the upper back, found part of the reason I'm telling you the story today is she was killed in broad daylight, 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. She was rushed to an area hospital but pronounced dead. The police there in Chicago say an attacker may have thrown a knife into the Chicago River, the attack, the attacker that used the knife in this assault on this woman. But it was much of the crime captured on security camera video, and that has not been released to the police or not been released by the police at this point. But this woman from Maryland stabbed and killed in Chicago over the weekend and another another senseless killing in that city, a city that I know we've got our problems here in the South, but my goodness, Chicago's really got a lot of problems. And again, this happened in broad daylight in a fairly heavy tourist area of downtown Chicago, and it just makes no sense. And if you've followed the news in that city lately, and I don't encourage you to, it's rather troubling, but the mayor there will not let anybody that's uh, white interview her. She's got an exclusive deal where you have to be black or brown to have an interview with her. Last week she put black nationalist flags all over City Hall on Flag Day, I think it was, and took down the American flag. I mean, it's a city that seems to be out of control. Thankfully, we don't have any of those kind of cities here in the South, do we? No, I don't think so. Jill Biden, the nation's first lady, she is southern bound today, as she's going to be in the state capitals of Mississippi and Tennessee, as she's visiting vaccination sites. She's going to be going to Jackson, Mississippi, and she'll be attending a vaccination site for COVID-19 at Jackson State University. And this comes just days before her hubby, President Joe Biden, has his July 4th vaccination goal to get 70% of adults in the country partially vaccinated. And right now, the great state of Mississippi, I say that a lot, <laughs> it, it's great in one way. It's great because it's really trailing in the vaccination rate. It's, it's way behind. In fact, Mississippi ranks dead last in the nation in another category. And this, this one's 
the reason we're talking about them right now. Mississippi is dead last in its vaccination rate across the country. Governor Tate Reeves announced last week that the state's COVID-19 state of emergency will end on August 15th. But the Democratic National Committee chairwoman for Mississippi is Jacqueline Amos. She hopes the First Lady's visit will help boost the demand for COVID-19 vaccines in the state. And again, the First Lady will be joined in Jackson, Mississippi by the great Benny Thompson of the Mississippi Delta, the congressman there in that portion of the state. And also the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, Chukwe Lumumba, joining her on a tour of vaccination sites. This is a common thing. We've seen Kamala Harris visiting South Carolina and Atlanta recently. The second gentleman, Doug Imhoff, has been in Memphis and I think a couple other places here recently visiting vaccination sites. You'd think when they signed up to be the spouse of a president, they probably didn't want to go around seeing people get shot in the arm (laughs) with these vaccinations, but that's what they're doing here, and they're bringing awareness. But again, Jill Biden is not just in Jackson, Mississippi today. She also will be flying to Nashville, and I wouldn't mind hanging out with her at her Nashville stop because Dr. Jill Biden is going to be hanging out in Nashville at the corner of 6th and Peabody, and that's where you'll find Old Smoky Distillery. She's going to be attending a vaccination shot, uh, vaccination site at a distillery, Old Smoky, in downtown Nashville. And she'll be there, again, spreading awareness in the volunteer state about getting vaccinated. I wonder if you get a free sip when you go in there today and get shot in the arm and then you can have your own little shot in the mouth <laughs> at Old Smoky. Pretty cool that they're doing that. They even have a brand there at Old Smoky called Yeehaw Beer at Old Smoky, which I think is bottled primarily around Gatlinburg because the last time I was in Gatlinburg, I saw Old Smoky stuff everywhere. But they're they're making a big presence be felt in Nashville, and especially when Dr. Jill Biden drops in for a little visit to Old Smoky and sees people getting shot in the arm to promote vaccine awareness in the volunteer state. Now, it is one thing to lose your home in a fire, but how about losing a $5 million, 18-bedroom beachfront home in a fire? Well, that's what's happened on the Outer Banks of North Carolina in Kill Devil Hills this week, a fire-destroying this oceanfront rental home, an 18-bedroom oceanfront rental home valued at nearly $5 million. The Kill Devil Hills Fire Department called to the home early on Sunday in response to a report of flames at the front entrance, and the fire quickly spread on both sides as well as a nearby motel pool, and 42 people were staying at this home again that has 18 bedrooms in it and these people were displaced the fire causing damage to vehicles parked there at the home no injuries to report that's good news but again an 18 bedroom five million dollar beach house now that is one place you'd like to take the entire family to if you're able to and have a great stay just Unfortunately, this is going to be one you're not going to be staying at for quite some time as it has been destroyed 
by a fire over the weekend. That area also had the Claudette tropical storm passing through it around the same time, maybe a little bit later. I wonder if that had anything to do with this thing catching fire over the weekend, but unfortunate there. I think any home on a beach is going to be in the million-dollar range. That's just a guess, but it is very, very good to have beachfront property if you can afford it. And then if you can have a beachfront property that's stacked with 18 bedrooms, well, yeah, that's that's a pretty good option to have. But that's the story from the Outer Banks of North Carolina here as we continue on with the headlines of the South on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And lastly here in our first hour look at news, the Montpelier Foundation is voting to share oversight of James Madison's home with descendants of James Madison's slaves. Talk about reconciliation. The foundation overseeing the estate of the nation's, what was he, fourth president? In Virginia, they have voted to equally share governing powers with descendants of blacks who were enslaved on the property. Not necessarily blacks who claim maybe blood kinship to James Madison. I'm not saying our nation's fourth president did that, kind of like his predecessor, Mr. Jefferson is alleged to have done. But the Montpelier Foundation voting this week to enact bylaws that give the Montpelier Descendants Committee equal responsibility and power over this plantation home in Orange County, Virginia. James Madison, the fourth president, also known as the father of the Constitution, and this vote from the foundation marks the first time descendants of slaves will co-oversee this major national historic site where ancestors of theirs were once enslaved. And a, again, after all these years, some 200-plus years of when perhaps they were slaves there at Montpelier and working for the nation's fourth president, here their descendants get to come together and together with the descendants of Mr. James Madison, they can have a good time together and make rules about this plantation home in Orange County, Virginia. That's a quick look at what's going on news. we got more news we'll be sharing as we roll along with this Tuesday edition of Talk with a Southern Accent. When we come back on y'all, we have got a quick update from the College World Series. A big shocker on Monday as the Wolfpack, they blanked the Vanderbilt Commodores. We'll have info on that, plus we'll also share the latest with the NBA playoffs as they pick back up on the hard court on this Tuesday. We'll tell you who's playing, that and a whole lot more on Talk with a Southern Accent. Why should your business go? about that nc state wolfpack with a huge win on monday in the college world series it's the acc over the sec the wolfpack just getting past the vanderbilt commodores one to zero the vandy boys with their pitcher lighter on the mound 
15 strikeouts for this guy that expected to be maybe the top pitcher taken in this year's MLB draft. But it doesn't matter. The Wolfpack silenced the Doors' bats, and NC State wins Game 6 of the College World Series, and they advance, and they don't have to play again till Friday in Omaha. I'm John Rawl. This is the Southern Sports Update here on Talk with a Southern Accent. Y'all is the name of the show. And how about NC State? How about Stanford? The Cardinal bouncing back at the College World Series. They eliminate their Pac-12 foe in Arizona on Monday. So Stanford survives for now. Stanford and Vanderbilt will get together later in the week in an elimination game between those brainiac programs on the college world series diamond today you've got another opportunity for a team to pack its bags and head away from omaha because you've got an elimination game today between the tennessee volunteers and the texas longhorns i can guarantee you ut will win this game i can also guarantee you that ut will lose this game as you've got the battle of orange uts (laughs) Taking place, two Eastern, one Central. It's Game 7 of the College World Series, broadcast on ESPNU. Big 12 SEC is the name of the game here today in this matchup. It ought to be a good one between the Vols and the Hook'em Horns. And then on ESPN ESPN 2 this evening, tonight, you got the winner's bracket game between those Mississippi State Bulldogs and the Virginia Cavaliers. And this ought to be a dandy here. If MSU is able to survive, they do not have to play, or whoever wins this one, they don't have to play till late in the week, and they get to sit back, and then they get the chance to win the one game when they play later in the week, and then if they do that, they get to move on to the College Baseball National Championship Series against the team from the other side of the bracket. But college baseball, woo, it's good right now this time of year. And today you've got two games, Tennessee and Texas, Mississippi State and Virginia, all from TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, more news coming out after the Supreme Court on Monday unanimously sided with former college players in a dispute over the compensation, and they were in this dispute with the NCAA. And as we reported earlier in the show, this was a unanimous decision as the Supreme Court affirmed a ruling that provides for an incremental increase in how college athletes can be compensated, and also it opens the door for future legal challenges that could deal such major significant blows to the NCAA's current business model. Court Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote the court's opinion, which upheld a district court judge's decision that the NCAA was violating antitrust law by placing limits on the education-related benefits that schools can provide to athletes. But definitely a major story that broke on Monday, a political story, a sports story, a cultural story, and a financial story because this really could have shockwaves with the way that we have kind of been gotten – we've kind of gotten used to the way this thing is – typically work between college athletes being amateur athletes and the NCAA in its relationship. And now with a unanimous decision, you have to wonder how much more of what we know as the NCAA will continue going on in the future. Now, speaking of political people and college sports, 
Senator Marco Rubio is stepping up to help the former cornerback of the Navy midshipman, Cameron Kinley. Cameron Kinley, he graduated from Annapolis, a cornerback there for the middies, and now wants to play or at least have a chance to play in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you might, we might have recently told you that the Navy says, guess what there, Ensign, Ensign Cameron Kinley, a native of Memphis, by the way, we want you right now in the fleet, and you're going to have to put off your dreams of playing cornerback for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I guess Senator Rubio, trying to help out the Buccaneer defense, is stepping up. He has penned a letter to Joe Biden urging him to assist former Navy quarterback cornerback Cameron Kinley in delaying Kinley's commission with the Navy so he can attend training camp with the Buccaneers in just a few weeks. As Rubio wrote, in the past, the U.S. Department of Defense has issued many waivers to allow athletes to temporarily delay their service to our nation to pursue their professional sports dreams. Unfortunately, Mr. Kinley seems to be the exception and without reason. Grant Mr. Kinley's waiver to play in the NFL and send a message to future academy graduates that the United States is a country where Americans can follow their dreams and be true to their commitment. Now, as you may recall, when President Trump was in office, he made a big deal to allow academy graduates waivers, essentially, to go off and chase their dreams of playing in professional sports. I thought this was a done deal. I didn't see how in the world this would be happening the way it is. But Rubio is not the only person trying to help out Ensign Kinley as Kinley was told that he cannot appeal the decision of the Navy, and that actually led Kinley to reach out to Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, which represents his native state. As I said, he is from the Memphis area, and we'll find out what's going on. But right now, some heavy hitters with Marsha Blackburn, Mississippi State alumni, and Marco Rubio, a University of Florida alumni, SEC people, trying to help out a good AAC guy in this Navy midshipman turned ensign in the United States Navy, Cameron Kinley, who I believe also was maybe one of the class officers there at Annapolis. The United States Naval Academy. Go middies. Also, NBA, they took Monday off, and they're going to be getting back after it here on this Tuesday, and the matchup for this Tuesday is Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers will be in Phoenix to take on the Suns. This is a game tipping off at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ESPN, and the Suns with a chance to go two up in this series as they got that important first win against the Clips over the weekend, and they're able to Go back to L.A. with a two-game series lead if they're able to survive in the Valley here on this Tuesday. Now, the Eastern Conference, it gets going, the finals for that conference, on Wednesday when the Atlanta Hawks are in Milwaukee to take on the Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks. And also, we'll let you know that the Golf World, the Women's PGA Championship, the KPMG, taking place this weekend, and it's going to be in the South as the ladies will be in Atlanta at Atlanta Athletic Club in Johns Creek, north of Atlanta. This club has a lot of the mementos from Bobby 
Bobby Jones there in Atlanta, man who made, of course, Augusta National. And they have, I guess, they kind of got him to move his club or help create the Atlanta Golf Club there, Athletic Club, north of Atlanta before he passed away many, many years ago. But it is the 67th PGA Championship for the ladies, the Women's PGA Championship. And it is going to be, again, in Atlanta this weekend a prize of $4.3 million for the ladies when they get together for this fifth. Uh, it's it's part of the five major tournaments on the LPGA Tour, and it will be going on this weekend. The fellows this weekend, they'll be in Connecticut. It's the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. Dustin Johnson is the defending champion of this tournament. Remember, the guys are going to be ultimately making their way to Kent, England, as the Open Championship will be held July 15th through 18th there, also known as the British Open. Shane Lowry, the defending champion, as they did not have the Open Championship in 2020, but he'll be trying to defend his Open Championship reign at Royal St. George's Golf Club in Kent when the next and final major of the PGA Tour tees off mid-July. I hope y'all are not teed off. We're the show all about the South, and that is a quick look at what's going on sports-wise in Dixie. We'll take a little time out here on the Y'all Show, and we'll come right back with a little social media fun. It's hashtag Hullabaloo, and before the hour is up, we've got more political news, more Senator Marsha Blackburn news headed your way as part of our Southern Political Report. It's talk with a Southern accent here. It's the Y'all Show. into y'all our email inbox if you want to drop us a line we check that all day and all night by the way it's mail m-a-i-l at y'all.com mail at y'all is the way to reach out to us and let us know what's going on across southeast whether you've got just something you want to talk about good bad if you want to share some good gossip if you want to tell us a good recipe we we have that there for you to kind of communicate with us Anytime you feel like it, it's mail at y'all.com. And here in this portion of this first hour of our Tuesday Y'all Show, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo upon us. This is our social media and email inbox kind of uh, melting pot. It is our jambalaya of wonderful information across the southeast. And we're going to go to Lexington, Kentucky for this first hashtag Hullabaloo of the Tuesday Y'all Show, and it comes to us courtesy on social media at J Renders BBQ. That's right, J Period Renders Barbecue is a restaurant, catering, and food truck in the home of the Wildcats, Lexington, Kentucky. And J Renders Barbecue specializes in the best smoked meats you've ever tasted, as well as the best sides and specialties. Well, that is what they say, and yours truly cannot vouch for what they say because i have never been to j renders 
located at 3191 Beaumont Center Circle in Lexington, Kentucky. And they're out here promoting it, though. So let me tell you a little bit more about Jay Render's Barbecue as they put out on social media this week. Come get your Southern own at Jay Render's. If you crave it, we've got it. See you at Render's. Jay Render's Barbecue, Lexington, Kentucky. And they got a couple of hashtags I don't mind sharing with you. Hashtag Yes Lex. Hashtag Eat Local Lex. Hashtag Lex Eat. I like that one. Also, hashtag Southern Life and hashtag Southern Comfort Food Hall. They're pretty Southern and they're proud of it there at J. Render's Barbecue. So how Southern are they, you ask? Let's go in and look a little bit at what they've got on the menu. And you can check out the menu yourself at jrendersbbq.com. That is the website for J. Render's Barbecue, Lexington, Kentucky. Okay, some of the items on the menu. The Smokehouse French Dip. That sells for just under $13. The Smokehouse French Dip is a hickory smoke brisket with caramelized red onions, Swiss cheese, and fresh from scratch horseradish. Served with one side and au jus for dipping. The Smokehouse French Dip sounds delicious. And again, just under $13 at J. Render's Barbecue in Lexington. You can go by, check out a little Wildcat sporting event in Lexington, and then sneak on by Beaumont Center Circle for your great meal at J. Render's Barbecue. And also want to tell you about on the menu there that you can go check out at jrendersbbqgot.com. They've got Martin's Buttermilk Fried Chicken. I think I've figured out what I'm going to be munching on when I'm in there. Martin's Buttermilk Fried Chicken is a hand-breaded boneless chicken breast fried to a golden brown and topped with homemade gravy. I do believe, pardon the trademark war here, I do believe this Martin's Buttermilk Fried Chicken just might be Kentucky Fried Chicken at its best at Jay Render's Barbecue. And they've got a little message here on the menu about Martin's Buttermilk Fried Chicken at Jay Render's. It says, beware, takes a little longer, don't order if you're in a rush. So if you're trying to sneak on by Jay Render's before the Wildcats get going at Kroger Field this fall... You might want to go with another option, maybe that Smokehouse French Dip, because they they put a lot of tender-loving Kentucky Fried Care into their buttermilk fried chicken at J. Render's Barbecue in Lexington, Kentucky. So that is a little fun time talking about items on the menu at this location of J. Render's Barbecue in Lexington, Kentucky. And if you have a good place you'd like to go to, and you're wanting us to know about it here on the Y'all Show. That's why we tell you about our email inbox, mail at y'all.com. That is why we have our Facebook page that you can go on right now. And you can share with us there. We, I know you can send us messages on Facebook. Our Facebook account is The Y'all Show on Facebook. And y'all.com is actually what it's technically still called. It's y-a-l-l.com on Facebook. So do that, and that way... You will be in touch with us, and you'll be able to let us know what you think might be even better than Jay Render's Barbecue of Lexington, Kentucky. And let's squeeze in one more hashtag, Hullabaloo, before we get out of here and take a little little time out for the hours up. How about some music talk? This comes to us from the silencer at Silencer Mark, 
and Silas and Mark here this week says, Fun fact, in the South, rain on a sunny day refers to the devil beating his wife. Rain would represent the tears and the sun as, quote, hell. I know, I'm a weirdo, nerd, and geek. That's me. Hashtag trivia, hashtag fun facts, hashtag southern. And the silencer brings this up about rain on a sunny day, uh, about the devil beating his wife, in relation to a song. And I think what he's talking about is Credence Clearwater Revival's famous song, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? from CCR. Now, Credence Clearwater, CCR, Credence Clearwater Revival, an American rock band that recorded from 1959 to 72. I didn't realize they'd got going even in the 50s. And they recorded under various names before ultimately settling on Credence Clearwater Revival in 1967, the band consisted of lead vocalist and guitarist, songwriter John Fogarty, his brother Tom Fogarty, bassist Stu Cook, and drummer Doug Clifford. These members had played together since '59, first as the Blue Velvets and later as the Gollywogs. CCR's music style encompassed roots rock, swamp rock, blues rock, southern rock, country rock, and blue-eyed soul. Now, where in the South would CCR be from? as they play this wonderful southern rock style of music with lyrics about bayous and catfish. They sang about the Mississippi River and other elements of living in the south and the southern iconography. iconography. That's a, that's, a, that's a stumper here on a, on, a, on a Tuesday. See, I don't even know what day of the week it is. I, no wonder I can't say that word. Uh, I'll, I'll figure that one out. I, I'm having a hard enough time talking about Credence Clearwater Revival. But you know what I do know? I do know where these fellows are from the South. The John Fogarty and Tom Fogarty and Stu Cook connections, along with drummer Doug Clifford. Y'all, they are from the South. They are from the South of Oregon, as these guys all are from the San Francisco Bay Area. But boy, did they put out some great music throughout their career. And they just, uh, with songs like Have You Ever Seen the Rain, a true Southern rock classic, even though... This is a California-based group in Credence Clearwater Revival. Hmm. Go back and listen to their music a little closer now and see how in the world these guys could sing about the swamp and the blues and all the fun things they sang about, even catfish. And have you ever seen the rain from a bunch of Californians? Like John Fogarty? I bet he... He, got, he must have got his southern learning somehow. I'm not exactly sure how he pulled it off, but but he did. And they've got a, I don't know how to say iconography like I should today, but I can say discography. And they have a incredible discography of great music, even though they might be a bunch of California guys, but southern at heart. That wraps up our hashtag hullabaloo. We will be right back on the Y'all Show before this hour is up. We've got a Southern political report. Information on Senator Marsha Blackburn and some words she's got about Anthony Fauci. Plus, an update on West Virginia's vaccination lottery. This is Y'all.
Yeah, you knew we would pull that one up during the break here. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We called them out. Credence Clearwater Revival. So those guys, Californians, be danged. They knew they had to perform when we got back from the break here. We're not talking music here. We're talking about the sweet music of Southern politics here as we wrap up Hour 1. This is the Y'all Show, our number, 803-816-1170, if you want to reach out to us here. And with your host, John Raw, we're going to dive in here as we do each week, taking a little extra time to talk about what's going on political-wise across the Southland. And U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee is now slamming Anthony Fauci over the COVID-19 lab leak theory dismissal and says that Anthony Fauci shielded China from scrutiny. Now, Blackburn called on Fauci to explain why he did not investigate the lab leak theory sooner. Marsha Blackburn is not putting up with, again, Anthony Fauci, according to reports, attempting to deflect criticism of his initial handling of the COVID-19 lab leak theory following an interview in which he accused his detractors of launching anti-science attacks. Now, again, Marsha Blackburn in a statement this week saying, whether intentional or not, Dr. Fauci's statements shield the Chinese Communist Party in covering up its role in creating this deadly pandemic by downplaying the possibility that the virus leaked from a lab. Fauci, along with the mainstream media, refused to take the lab leak theory seriously and until recently went to great lengths to portray it as, quote, nutty. Big tech companies like Facebook went so far as to censor discussion about the origins of COVID. No amount of revisionism will change these facts. Those statements from Marsha Blackburn, the U.S. senator, the senior senator from the volunteer state. Now, in May, President Biden ordered the intelligence community to further investigate both theories and report back with their findings within 90 days. Calls to investigate that lab leak theory out of Wuhan, once dismissed as a conspiracy, have intensified after a Wall Street Journal report recently came out that reported that three researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were hospitalized with COVID-19-like symptoms in the fall of 2019 now this is nothing if you kind of have kept up with the news in the last two years this is not all that surprising but i don't know why people have not paid more attention to this theory and marcia blackburn here this week is telling people that again people like her might have been considered nutcases for even proposing this was a possibility over a year ago about the Wuhan lab essentially being the cause of the coronavirus being spread around the world, a deadly, deadly, deadly virus now killing more than 600,000 Americans with no end in sight. Now, the, I don't, I mean, this is me, not that you care about what I think, but I don't think it's too hard to figure out. Hmm. It's a virus that we know started in China. There ain't no doubt about it. Real question is, did it start intentionally or was it a mistake? And I don't know if we'll ever really get the answer to that. 
But let's get a little nutty since Marsha Blackburn said that some people thought she was nutty for even suggesting that this thing started at the Wuhan lab in China a year ago. Now it's not so nutty to think of that. I think it's pretty obvious that's where it did start. But we still have to find out was it intentional. If it was intentional, not trying to get into conspiracy talk here on today's y'all show, boy, who has benefited from coronavirus? As, as sad as that is to, to even throw that out there, have people benefited, have countries benefited from coronavirus? And I would say absolutely yes. And the number one country that's benefited is China. Yeah, they lost, I'm sure, lots of citizens the largest country in the world from a population standpoint, certainly felt the brunt of the coronavirus where it originated from. But what have they gained from the? They have gained from a whole world being upside down, a whole world like the United States going through a leadership change that I think, frankly, and this is not a bold, crazy statement, I don't think President Trump would have ever come close to losing the presidential election if not for the coronavirus. How do I know that? There are people right now in the Biden administration that are even saying that. I don't know the name. I saw it recently come out, but they basically said that the coronavirus was the greatest thing that ever happened to Joe Biden. Isn't that a sad thing to say? But it's true. That's what this person said, at least, within his own administration. And, yeah, it was a gift. And so this virus ultimately got Trump out of office, and it has... Basically, if you just look at how military affairs have gone on since Biden took over, it's given China a blank check to do things that they probably would not have done if Donald Trump was in office, like surround Taiwan, for example, to threaten countries like the Philippines, to create even more of a military presence around the world. They're heck bent on being the superpower, and I don't know who's going to stop them at this point, and it and this country could have and should be stopping them, but we got enough problems here, and we're our priorities in this country seem to be a little bit out of whack. And how in the world China could go and surround one of our partners in Taiwan, and to my knowledge has gotten away with it, is just head-scratching to me. And I bet it's head-scratching to Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, too. <laughs> More to come there. Keep up with all that's going on here. Now, Governor Abbott in the state of Texas, he is in the news again. This guy, I tell you what, he competes with the president as far as publicity. And usually it's publicity that's rather positive for him. But in this case, some people are not very happy with the governor within his own state as Governor Greg Abbott of Texas signing seven bills into law that expands guns right, gun rights in the Lone Star State as he signed Senate Bills 1920 and 550, as well as House Bills 957, 1500. Are you keeping score here? 1927 and 2622. And these pieces of legislation signed at the Alamo in San Antonio, and they protect the rights of gun owners in Texas. As Governor Abbott said from Alamo Hall, we are gathered it is what is considered to be the cradle of liberty in the Lone Star State. We are on hallowed ground. They fought for freedom. They fought for liberty. And that included the freedom to be able to carry a weapon. And he is defending this legislation. 
as some people, again, are not happy about what the governor has just signed in the law, one of these bills, HB 1927, is a law that is the, according to Abbott, the biggest and best of all of them, and it is the constitutional carry right in Texas, as now that state joins nearly two other states around the country in allowing anyone who can legally own a firearm to carry that firearm. That law goes into effect September 1st of this year. Now, HB 2622, and it makes Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state, and that helps shield Texas and Texans from an overreaching federal government if laws are enacted that will not allow any Texan to enforce that in the Lone Star State. And you can go read and brush up on all these other things that have passed, but if you're a Texas resident and you love guns, it ought to be a pretty good time for you right now with the passage of these various pro-gun laws and pro-Second Amendment laws in the Lone Star State to Jackson, Mississippi, and Democratic lawmakers in the Mississippi legislature are now sponsoring a bill to eliminate Confederate Memorial Day, which is currently a state holiday in the Magnolia State. It is usually held around April 25th, 26th. It's usually on a Monday when Confederate Memorial Day is held in the state of Mississippi. And now the Senate Minority Leader Derek T. Simmons and Senator David Blunt announcing they'll sponsor legislation to repeal Mississippi's Confederate Memorial Day, and they're going to replace that on the calendar with Juneteenth, which would be observed on June 19th as a state holiday each year. And even in the great state of Mississippi, as I often call it, something tells me as much as it shouldn't happen, that they're going to fall in line and go along with eliminating Confederate Memorial Day because they can't go against Juneteenth and they're likely not going to create a 13th or however many state holidays they got in Mississippi to keep Confederate Memorial Day and add Juneteenth. Something tells me Memorial Day for the CSA is gone with the wind, if I had to guess, especially coming from a bunch of state legislators who fell in the trap of the George Floyd unrest last summer and in a state legislative body that was supposed to be debating money from pandemic relief coming from the federal government. They switched that to a flag debate, and in a matter of two or three days, thanks to the strong arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, they changed Mississippi's flag. So why wouldn't they get rid of Confederate Memorial Day if they'll change their state flag in Jackson, Mississippi? Now to Juneteenth and a little bit more information about what's going on there across the southeast. As we said, Mississippi, with the news there, they're going to probably go forward and and create a state holiday for Juneteenth. We had our first national Juneteenth observance as a federal holiday over the weekend, and I'm sorry, this thing's off to a rough start. We had our first national holiday, and guess what? At least eight people killed as a result of Juneteenth violence, dozen injured during shootings that were related to Juneteenth. People out celebrating and ended up shooting each other, evidently, around the country. As dozens injured at parties and gatherings related to this new holiday, shootings in Colorado, Colorado, 
Pennsylvania, Indiana, South Carolina, 33 people wounded. I don't think that many people get killed on the 4th of July, eight people with fireworks exploding. And here on this first Juneteenth, you got eight people killed, according to reports, and a bunch of people injured. Just a not good way to get that thing off and going. And lastly, as we take a look at our political headlines of the South here on this Tuesday, we told you about Baby Dog. That is the name of the governor of West Virginia's canine American. Jim Justice loves his baby dog. And now Baby Dog is the namesake of the latest effort for West Virginians to go and have a lottery-style drawing to get vaccinated. If you get vaccinated, you get to participate in a statewide drawing where there's lots of prizes. And West Virginians had their first vaccination lottery over the weekend. Congratulations to Karen Foley of Mineral Wells as she got a million-dollar prize just for getting vaccinated. Other prizes in West Virginia for this vaccination lottery, those prizes included, how about a new pick-em-up truck? You also could get a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive. No, I'm sorry, Hank Jr. No, you just get hunting rifles, shotguns, and weekend getaways if you participate and you're the lucky winner of the west virginia vaccination lottery and it will be going on now through august 4th other states are also doing similar things to try to get people vaccinated to try to stimulate you to sign up and get a shot in your arm and you know what if you get that shot in your arm there's a good chance you might be walking away with a shotgun a brand new car or a million dollars that's not a bad way to try to preserve your life with the vaccination and then if that's not good enough for you you might also be vaccinated and get a nice little million dollar paycheck to go along for the ride not a bad plan all thanks to baby dog and the mountain state of west virginia well that will wrap up our coverage here of hour one on y'all talk with a southern accent we got two more hours coming at you here Don't miss out on the fun. After the break, we're going to come right back and give you a quick update on entertainment headlines, including the passage of a WKRP in Cincinnati actor with a Southern connection, by the way. Also, what's going on with Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani? They're inching closer to marriage. Ooh, we got the details. All that plus our barbecue barrister, Matt Hearman's dropping by with some 4th of July tips. It's the show all about the South, and we're coming right back. Eight zero three eight one six eleven seventy. That is the magic way for you to text us here at your convenience and let us know what's going on in your part of the South. Hello, this is the South Talk Show. This is where we cover all sixteen Southern states: Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Missouri, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee. Virginia, oh yeah, don't let me forget Texas, Virginia and West Virginia. All right here, if you're a resident of any of those states, if any of those states are your home, home sweet home, and if you have any of those states in your own home, if you 
are just a lover of any of those areas of the South, well, this is your radio program. This is your podcast program. And I want to thank you for being on the show all about the South, y'all. I'm General John Rawls, CSA. I am a certified Southern American, and it is wonderful to get this second hour of our Tuesday show up and going with you. And we've got a lot of good stuff here. Our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue will be checking in in just a handful of minutes, and he's got a little Fourth of July grilling tips that he's going to share with us when we are able to get him on the old telly. And also, we'll get Matt Hermans to tell us about the College World Series that's going on right now in Omaha. And we'll get an update on at least how some of these teams have shown up to bat and have done a great job. And then some teams, like NC State, have shown up with some good pitching. And as a result of great pitching, they're able to kind of put a big old goose egg on the scoreboard for their opponents. And teams like NC State and Mississippi State are doing quite well in the College World Series. And a few teams have already packed their bags. We'll get all that good stuff from Omaha with Matt Hermans, our college baseball and our barbecue barrister. All that coming up here in this second hour of Talk with the Southern Accent. And before the hour is in the books, y'all, we're going to let you know, speaking of y'all, we're going to let you know what's going on. The homepage of the South, as we have got a lot of stuff we've just added. I spent, gosh, 18 hours, I think it was all together total, over the weekend putting up new material. And I'm going to walk you through what some of that new material at y'all.com Yes, not only am I your gracious host of the show All About the South, but I also get to play website publisher. And so at y'all.com, yeah, we have fantastic stuff up there that you can go check out and read all about it. And that's why we are the South. We are the show of the South, and we are the South's homepage. We're y'all.com. And before the show ends today in hour number three, stick around. We've got more sports news. Plus, we'll also be telling you about three B's, as in words that start with the letter B, as in bravo, three B's that can help men live longer lives. Oh, you might want to pay attention to this one, fellas. And ladies, if you like your man, well, if you don't mind, you might want to pay attention too, because wouldn't it be kind of neat to keep your man living a little bit longer than maybe they're planning on living? (laughs) And, And we've got information on how you can help your man live longer lives that's coming up in hour three plus kobe bennett in hour three will be dropping by with a southern accent on the arts and entertainment world so let's get into some of the entertainment headlines of today's y'all show and y'all know that song right there if you were watching television back in the 1970s into the 1980s that is the theme song for wkrp in cincinnati i'll let i'll let it play here for a minute WKRP Got kind of tired of packing and unpacking Town to town, up and down the dial Maybe you and me were never meant to be Just maybe think of me once in a while All right, news from that TV sitcom of yesteryear Actor Frank Bonner, who played on WKRP, he has died in California, according to his daughter. Frank Bonner 
was 79 years old. And he played on WKRP, achieving his fame on that show in 1978 as he played the overconfident sales manager Herb Tarlick as KRP ran from 1978 until 1982 at the fictional radio station. Tarlick was a sleazy but likable salesperson. I know some people like that today, real Herb Tarlick. I'm telling you, I know him, and I bet you you might know him as well. But he played Tarlick, this sleazy but likable sales representative known for his cocky demeanor and his jocular relationship with his boss. And Tarlick's sense of fashion was even louder than the station's rock and roll playlist at WKRP. Tarlick sparred with disc jockeys while wearing a seemingly endless supply of plaid sports coats and wide neckties. He was kind of the dark-haired-looking guy playing there behind Lonnie Anderson on WKRP Cincinnati. Actor Gary Sandy wrote on Facebook Thursday of last week, Rest in peace, my great friend on WKRP Sandy Gary Sandy played program director Andy Travis, another frequent foil of the character played, again, by actor Frank Bonner. Now, more about Frank Bonner. He was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. Frank Bonner was born February 28th of 1942, and again, just passed away on June 16th at the age of 79 years old. He grew up in Malvern, Arkansas, and ended up having a really, really rough injury in 1978, a parasailing accident while living northeast of Los Angeles. And as a result of that, I think he caught a break, perhaps, as he appeared in crutches. This happened, I guess, after the show started. You might, If you're a WKRP in Cincinnati fanatic, you might even remember that in the series, Bonner... His character appeared on crutches in season two in the episode of called A Family Affair and also an all-star special episode of Family Feud. I love it when Family Feud used to have those old shows having their cast go on there and compete against each other. That's when it was filmed, I guess, in Los Angeles. Now it's filmed at Tyler Perry Studio in Atlanta. I did see over the weekend a Celebrity Family Feud airing on TV, and that featured... Rob Lowe and his family versus it was the fictional family from the uh, show that's on TV. Oh, gosh. I I don't know the actor's name, but it's the TV show about the music business around Detroit, I think. And uh, the actor with the last name of Howard, who played the role, the lead role in Hustle and Flow. One of a great movie that was filmed in the Memphis area, 2005 film. Terrence Howard is who I'm trying to think of. He was the lead role in that along with Anthony Anderson. That was the first role I ever remember seeing Anthony Anderson play was in Hustle and Flow. A really good movie. And, uh, you know, y'all, it's hard out here on a pimp. I don't know if you knew that or not. If you don't know that song, go check it out. It's kind of a theme song of Hustle and Flow. Craig Brewer directed film out of the bluff city but yeah that's 
that was this past weekend I was checking out. But yes, rest in peace, actor Frank Bonner, again, who played on WKRP and Cincinnati. And that role there that he had there in the late 70s is Herb Tarlick. appeared in 88 episodes of that show. After WKRP in Cincinnati, as far as shows that you might remember him from, he was in a series called Just the Ten of Us, where he played Father Robert Hargis. He was also, let's see, on 45 episodes of the new WKRP in Cincinnati. I've already forgotten about that, but that came out in the early 90s and kind of was in mostly forgettable TV movies, TV series, and more. But he also has been in shows that you might recognize the names of. He was in an episode of Evening Shade at one time and in a few, few movie roles as well. The Arkansas native Frank Bonner passing away actor at the age of 79. Now, just outside of Cincinnati is the hometown of a guy that you might be familiar with, a guy named George Timothy Clooney. George Timothy Clooney, a.k.a. George Clooney, grew up in the Cincinnati area, attended Northern Kentucky University. Way to go, George Clooney. And his dad, of course, was one of the big TV fixtures in Cincinnati back in the 1960s and 70s. And, of course, his aunt would be Rosemary Clooney, who was very famous and also a native of that area. I didn't realize George Clooney, the 60-year-old actress, actor, is was born not in Cincinnati. He was born in Lexington, Kentucky. How about that? George Clooney, 60 years old, Lexington, Kentucky, born george clooney but right there in northern kentucky is where he calls home and george clooney in the news alongside some other famous actors and actresses this week as they are helping out the world they aren't afraid to help out the world of course george clooney is very kind of in the spotlight if you will for being act an activist he's a political activist he is a very big Democrat, I guess you could even say a liberal. And he, along with actress Kerry Washington and others, are in the news because of what they're doing to help a Los Angeles high school and make it more inclusive. And they're there this week to help out industry veterans are backing a magnet program with the Los Angeles Unified School District where curriculum were centered around film and television production, and they're doing this in a hope to make Hollywood more inclusive by exposing students to entertainment industry jobs during high school. So you could have people right there at the LAUSD, the Unified School District of Los Angeles, learn not just how to get out there and be like Kerry Washington and George Clooney and be in front of the camera, but jobs behind the camera. It wouldn't surprise me, even in Hollywood, because it seems like every other profession right now is having a real time finding people to come in and work, that even in Hollywood right now, there might be a shortage of workers on movies. And now that movies are getting fired back up and being made, we always hear about people wanting to break into the music business. 
and into the entertainment business. There, there could this could be the time to do that with a opportunity where people just don't want to work. So go in there and get that job running cables, setting up the lights, setting up wardrobe. My favorite job on a movie set would be craft services, <laughs> where you essentially are in charge of the snacks. That's the job that I want to have next time they get a big production going nearby. Speaking of Hollywood, this Oklahoman went Hollywood, and I'm not a big fan of him going Hollywood, but at least he's stealing away a Hollywood starlet. Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani are giving out more details of their planned wedding as they're supposed to be tying the knot here pretty soon. The stars of The Voice on NBC are going to have their long-awaited nuptials real soon, and we're now learning a little bit more about what they have got planned as the unidentified source telling that ever since Blake and Gwen got engaged, they've both been adamant that no wedding will happen until it's safe for family and friends to attend. And Gwen has expressed early on that she really wanted a summer wedding. She was upset earlier this year when it seemed to be no end in sight for the pandemic. She slowly started planning the wedding this spring, though. So... According to Blake Shelton in an USA Today article, he wrote or said to the USA Today writer, if I was picking our meal, it would be just literally be everything fried, French fries, chicken tenders, you know, all of that stuff. I think Gwen knows that it would be a pretty classless wedding if I was in control. (laughs) So we don't have the exact date that I'm aware of for the Gwen Stefani Blake Shelton surrender ceremony. But uh, it's going to happen, it looks like, pretty soon. And I think it's supposed to happen on Blake's Oklahoma farm. I won't call it a ranch because I haven't seen it. But it might. I'm just going to call it his farm there in Oklahoma City. I think, or Oklahoma, I think that's where it's scheduled to be. So more to come. It's likely going to be a wedding that happens. And then the rest of us, people who are irrelevant, find out after the fact. That's That's just my assumption. Now, let's talk about another Oklahoman. Garth Brooks is expanding his summer stadium tour. If you want to see GB in concert, you're going to have a really good chance to do that as he's going to have his first show, his first big concert on July 10th at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. And that will be his first stadium visit since the COVID-19 pandemic started across the country. And then he's got stops in Salt Lake City, Kansas City, Cheyenne, Wyoming will be playing there as well as part of the stadium tour. Lincoln, Nebraska, Cincinnati. He's also added a show at LP Field, Nissan Stadium, whatever it's called these days, in Nashville. He's going to also be playing in Charlotte on September 25th. Tickets for Garth Brooks' newly added Nashville concert go on sale on the 25th. So that will be, what, Friday? On Friday, you can go see how you can go get your tickets to Garth if you're fortunate enough to get a nissan stadium ticket garth brooks and friends on a summer stadium tour now that will definitely show off the fact that this pandemic's on the on the backside, and then you will be able to go out with your friends in low places and enjoy music from people like garth brooks as we roll on into the future post-pandemic world We'll take a break here on the Y'all Show. We'll come right back here with Matt Hermans. He is our barbecue barrister. We've got a little bit of barbecue 4th of July style that we're going to get Matt to talk about. And before the hour is up, 
Mr. Hermans is going to switch over and give us the info on college baseball's World Series going on right now in Omaha, Nebraska. More of that is coming up here in Hour 2. Don't go away. Fellas, let's go back to WKRP. Town to town, up and down the dial. Summertime in the South. Hello, we are y'all. Talk with a Southern accent. We love the South. We love the summer. And we love when our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, comes on to talk about food in the South. And barbecue barrister, we are now less than two weeks away from the nation's second Independence Day of the year. How about that? That's that's right, and the uh, the grilling. There are several days that are grilling and barbecue, uh, big time. But I would say the Fourth of July is probably the the number one grilling and barbecue uh, weekend of the year. I would have to imagine even more than the nation's first Independence Day of the year, Juneteenth. Well, I don't know. I guess now that it's a federal holiday, it would be hard to measure. Um, but uh, I think we'll probably need some research on that moving forward. But, <laughs> did did you grill? Did you grill at all on Juneteenth weekend? I didn't. Um, you did not. I didn't, no, I didn't. I had um, multiple multiple projects here at the house to uh, to try to get done, and so with the limited amount of time I've got working. With well, well keyboard, I mean, I'm going to defend you here. You didn't know this was going to be a federal holiday till Thursday. So it takes people like you a little bit more time to prepare for big federal holidays. Well, it's a little different for me. This has been a, I live in Galveston, Texas. So this has been a um, home of Juneteenth. That's right. We live right across the street from the, the building in question where the announcement was made. So this is not something new for us at all. So um, I guess it's new to the country, probably new to a lot of the country, but uh, certainly not new to to folks in this in this neck of the woods. So um, yeah, it's not nothing new here. Hmm. Well, I, I hate you didn't get to grill, but we got that other holiday coming up pretty soon. So Matt Hermans, as we get ready for Independence Day 2021, this is a year where a lot of people are gonna if they didn't get out there Memorial Day weekend, you have no excuse here for 4th of July to get out there, get that grill going, and really celebrate because most Southerners now have had the opportunity to get vaccinated. 
you've had a chance to get exposed to your friends and neighbors and family. And just, I guess my point is, let her rip. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> let her rip for sure. Uh, that's true. We're kind of entering in a different um, a different mode here in the summer. Like you said, a lot of people have been vaccinated. You know, a lot of, a lot of things are opening up and kind of, I don't know about getting back to normal, what that's going to be, but maybe, uh, yeah, exactly. People are, people are out doing things. It's summertime and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's people got cabin fever. So I say let her rip. I say fire up the charcoal. I say let her, you know, let's go. Now in Matt Herman's world for 4th of July, is there a meat that's more in line with that particular holiday? Well, you know what? I think of 4th of July, and to be quite honest with you, I think of hamburgers and hot dogs. Okay. Um, I think that probably... More than, more than <laughs> so, the ribs and the other barbecue yeah, that you like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. It's Well, you know, barbecue is, is a longer a longer process, um, a more intense process. takes a lot of time and and stuff like that. So when I think... I guess the reason is when I think of 4th of July, I think of people going to... Um, the parks maybe meeting up in in uh, state parks even to kind of celebrate with family and things like that and usually you're you're lugging a bag of charcoal with your you know with a built-in you know little little park uh, park grill there and so you're not you're not doing barbecue at all you're going to grill something so and maybe that's just my maybe going to the lake and stuff like that people like to go out to the lake if they have friends friends with lake houses or you want to rent one or whatever so anyway that's kind of what i think about i think about you know, getting in the water, you know, um, you want to cook, people get hungry. Everybody knows when you're splashing around in the water, you're at a pool or you're at the lake. It does something to your, that's up to your belly where you just, you, you, you get hungry. And mm-hmm. so you want to fire up the grill. You want to make some burgers and hot dogs and, and do your thing that way. So I don't know. There's never a bad time to barbecue and I'll probably barbecue. But when I think of the 4th of July, I do think of uh, hot, fast grilling of, of things like hot, hot dogs and hamburgers and, and stuff like that. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but I, that's kind of what I think about. Now, Matt, I'm going to ask you what you think of this. When I ask the question, I've got my own answer, and I'm going to hold my answer in reserve. What is the one ingredient besides the meat that makes a barbecue or the barbecue barrister's hamburger what is the one thing besides the delicious meat that i know you're going to be serving up what makes it so delicious what's that what's that what's that extra thing char coal i am a uh i'm a charcoal burger guy so there's there's absolutely nothing like the flavor of uh, fatty burger meat we're talking ground chuck or ground beef Mm -hmm. um uh, dripping down onto hot charcoal and, and giving you that flavor. There's nothing like it. You don't get it from propane. You don't get it from anything. So if I had to choose one other ingredient, I know you're going to say you're crazy. You got to have salt and pepper. You got to have some kind of seasoning. It would, I don't know. I may rather have charcoal than salt and pepper, to be honest with you. But, uh, that's, that's the one thing for me that I've got to have if I'm making burgers. I've done it every way imaginable. And there's just no substitute for hot charcoal with a hamburger, in my opinion. And that's not something you can get at a restaurant. How many restaurants serve up burgers made Ooh, on charcoal? That is rare. There are some places, um, but it is very rare. I mean, to have a to have a charcoal grill inside, I almost think most places you'd have to have that kind of grandfathered in. I don't think you can build something like that anymore. So, you know, we've talked about a few places um, in the past that, that do have indoor charcoal pits, but that is very, very rare. 99% chance. 
and, and there's a lot of really good burgers at at burger joints across um, across our region. But usually it's going to be grilled over propane, or it'll be a griddle. Some people like griddle burgers. So, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be rare that you'll you'll find a charcoal indoor uh, restaurant. Well, you you really speaking of something, the boys of summer, you threw me a curveball on that answer because frankly I, I was really looking for something you put on the burger what, uh-huh, uh-huh. what's the one thing besides the meat in this case your meat's going to be infused with that charcoal taste uh-huh. is there something else that like sitting out on the table that you just have to have when it goes on your burger that really makes yeah. it stand out what is that well i'll tell you what so you're right i did throw you a curveball in the spirit of the college world series so but you caught it you caught yeah, it yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna uh you know, throw a ball back to the pitcher here and start again. <laughs> what, uh, I, seasoning is important. You got to have salt. You got to have seasoning on your hamburger. Everybody knows this. If you don't season your hamburger, it's not, you're not going to want to eat it. So that's, that's important. Whatever seasoning you like is not terribly important to me. Although I will say on a, on a nice, I like a thick hamburger. I like it medium and I like it fatty. That's what I like. Some people like it thin and crispy and well done. Whatever you like, that's all good. But, I don't think I don't think sugar or a sweet seasoning belongs anywhere near a a barbecue or pardon me a um barbecue a burger in my opinion unless you're going for some type of specialty thing with barbecue sauce and you're going to make a barbecue burger generally I think you want a savory uh, salty type of seasoning um, my thing this is you're gonna you're gonna this may be not a curveball maybe a slider but I uh I have if I had to have one ingredient on my hamburger. Aside from a bun, of course, we'll just kind of, that's a given or else it's not a hamburger, right? So I will, I, I would take a tomato. I would take a fat, juicy tomato on my burger. If that is the only thing I could have, um, aside from meat and bun, it would be a tomato. Um, I love tomatoes. I like the big garden grown, you know, fat ones, the heirloom tomatoes. I just love a big fat slice of tomato and that, that would probably be, my go-to. I'm not a cheese guy. I'm not a cheeseburger guy. I know this is crazy. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but I, I'd prefer a burger without cheese on it. So, you know, um, breaking news: uh, tomato would be my number one ingredient on a hamburger. You know, I like you for a lot of reasons, but I think you and I—you just mentioned you threw her name out there. Your wife. If if things don't work out with you and your wife, <laughs> I think you and I might just need to get together, not in a romantic way. <laughs> Because that was my that was that was my you and I are kindred spirits here. Tomatoes are what I've got to have, and yeah. we're in the summertime. And Matt Hermans, have you had a delicious southern vine ripe tomato here in the last couple of days or weeks? Have you? Man, I have, and that's kind of why it's at the forefront of my mind. Not, <laughs> one of my favorite sandwiches, John. This is I won't get too far off the burger top. But I like a uh, white bread, tomato, and mayonnaise. That's one of my favorite things in the world. That's one of my favorite sandwiches. So I can eat tomatoes even without a burger. I, I love tomatoes. So we, we are on the same page. Yeah. Uh, again, if things don't work out with you and your wife, uh, just just give me a call. I'm a I'm a I'll be right there with tomato in hand. But it yeah. is this time of year where we got those big, fat, juicy tomatoes. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to give the name of the place because they're not a sponsor of the show, but there's a place that I go to where I live, and they have the thickest tomatoes I've ever seen. They told me mm-hmm. they got them from a local farmer in the community. And the other day, I was in there having my big, delicious burger, and I asked for a extra tomato for my burger, 
and I couldn't eat it. It was the one they sliced up for the burger was big enough that the second slice that I thought I was going to have to put on there, it was just too much to eat. But wow. I found a way to get it in my belly. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little salt, maybe. Yeah, no, pretty... no salt, no salt. Just, just a delicious, delicious burger. So I, I can't sit here and educate you on the value of having a great, delicious, <laughs> juicy tomato on a burger to make it right for the Fourth of July. However, you kind of set it up here in your discussion of one of the things that's important when you serve up a burger, and that's the bread. So in Matt Herman's world, the bun. What is it? What is it special? If and how big of a deal is it to have the right kind of bun for a burger? Yeah. Well, I think it's huge. I think it's a big deal. And once again, I think just like you know, thick burger, thin burger, medium, well done, cheese, no cheese. I think there is a um, there are different schools of thought on buns. For for instance, so I happen to be. Um, Tell me about so your buns. I want to know about yeah, your buns. Let's talk buns. Let's talk buns. Um, there, <laughs> so there are obviously we've all had big, puffy, bready buns that are thick and that are that are stout, and they you know you got to kind of bite through the bun. A lot of people like like that. There's also the kind of the thin kind of smashy bun that once you start eating the burger, and pretty soon your bun is kind of uh, merged into the tomato and it's wet and you got to wipe your hands off and and these are kind of the two different types kind of the bready thin doughy bun that starts to disintegrate as you eat the burger and then you have the big fat uh, buns and then you have pretzel buns and things like that so i i tend to i tend to gravitate once again to kind of a, a thinner more doughy bread i don't like to have to bite through a lot of bread to get into the good stuff of the burger that's just not my preference but i will say no matter if you like kind of the big stout thick um bakery style bun or you like kind of the thin uh doughy kind of smash down type of bun i think the one thing that really um really kind of sets the bun off is to toast it um there we go again i'm telling (laughs) you i'm gonna kick your wife out and you and i are gonna just have a good time eating meals that's all we're gonna do though yeah that's what we'll do we'll get together we'll garden tomatoes and we'll eat meals uh and we'll uh you know, we'll keep that to ourselves. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> toast bun. I think you gotta. I think you gotta have a little bit of butter, maybe in a skillet, or you can even put it on the grill to get a little bit of uh, texture there. Plus, it kind of provides a nice, uh, firm boundary between the juicy burger and the, the rest of the bun. So, there's really nothing like that edge on a toasted bun, kind of around the on the sides when you first bite into the side of the burger with that crunch. That's what's. That's what's. That's what it is uh, about for me when it comes to the bun um no matter what kind of bun it's got to be toasted you're talking toasted but i, I want to throw this out there because i think it's two different things so there's two or three of my favorite burgers in the world are great on their own but they go and do that extra touch which helps just push them over for me and makes them in my top five burgers in the country and the thing that they have in common is they have a pressed bun what is your opinion of pressing a bun? Yes. So that, yes, John, I'm glad you brought that up too. I'm, I have not planned out our just absolutely unfettered agreement here today, but <laughs> I, I like, so the press bun would be exactly, it'd be something that you kind of, that's you not get toasted. It. That's different than toasting, right? It kind of is. So it's basically butter and then you have something that kind of smashes the bun down to make sure that the entire 
surface area of the inside of that bun and toast it. If you don't press it down, it won't happen. It'll just toast around the outside. you got to have some type of weight or smashing device that will push down on the bun to make sure that it gets all toasted on, on in every square inch of it. So that is absolutely the best way to do it, in my opinion. Um, 100%. So I'm glad you brought up the press bun. So uh, you anybody who's ever tried to, for instance, toast a bun on a cast iron skillet or on a griddle, will know that if you just leave it there by itself, you're only going to get toasted around the edges. you got to smash it down. So some people put a brick on it. Some people put a special little thing that, that rests on the bun. But that makes sure all of it gets toasted. And that is that is next-level stuff, and that is fantastic. Now, I, I kind of kept in reserve, frankly, not because they don't sponsor the show. I really don't want people going to my favorite local burger place. <laughs> do you have a local burger place that you have you don't have to announce it here but yep. w- what is it they do that makes their burger so special yeah i do there there are some there are two or three and i love i love burgers i love them too i love them more than you do i think <laughs> we have to arm wrestle over that <laughs> but I, I, I love a good hamburger so there are a couple places uh, around me and i would say for me it's kind of about it's kind of about the meat. It is about the bun. I'm not. I, we've talked about the bun, and you know, I love a big tomato, and at the top, they're important. But for me, it is about the meat. It is about the the um, fattiness of the meat. It's about the cook of the meat, the seasoning of the meat, the doneness of the meat, flavor of the. Meat. I like a I like a a thick uh, yeah. burger. So that's what is that's what it's about for me. So the my favorite place around here uh, does a. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it, a, a Wagyu beef burger. Now, it sounds fancy, but all it really means, all Wagyu means is that it's it's got a, a really, really high level of fat marbling in the meat, which means it has an incredible amount of flavor. It's very, very juicy, and it, it is just, it, it's very, it's just delicious. The texture is great, and they cook it the way you like it. They look, if you want it medium or medium well or... Uh, something like that they'll do it that way and it's thick and it's fat so i guess if if it you know the reason i like my favorite burger joint is probably the meat and then everything else is great too but it's got to start off with a good patty okay and then let me take a guess and i'm being a wise guy here uh is that five guys you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) no it's uh it's not that it could be any other place in the world I know, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing on that one but yeah five guys uh and it doesn't sound like it's either crystal or white castle either i don't know that no i don't have anything against those little dudes either but like uh if it i think of i think of sliders as a different category ah all right well anyway we're bringing up hamburgers today because according to matt hermans that is a quintessential fourth of july food and he's done such a good job talking about hamburgers he threw out another meat out there. We're just going to have to save that conversation for next week, and that would be hot dogs. Are you okay talking about hot dogs next week on the Y'all Show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm happy brats? Maybe you call them brats? I can definitely talk some uh, some sausage for sure. Yeah, well, hot dogs go together with baseball, and right now in a place called Omaha, it's the College World Series. Matt Hermans is going to stay with us through the break. When we come back, we'll get our barrister to put on his baseball cap and get him to talk about the 2021 College World Series. We've got an elimination game going on today between UT and UT. And also, how about the NC State Wolfpack 
Mississippi State doing good in the College World Series? We'll get all that info from Matt Hermans after the break. You're listening to the show that's all about Southern hamburgers and Southern sports and so much more. We're the Y'all Show, y'all. Continuing on with our discussion with our barbecue and now college baseball barrister, Matt Hermans. If you want to get in on the program, our number is 803-816-1170. And college baseball's World Series underway. We've already seen the Arizona Wildcats pack their bag and depart Omaha as they were eliminated by Stanford on Monday. Matt Hermans, we need to talk about the NC State Wolfpack, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Virginia also to a good start, and some teams are wondering how in the world they even have lost a game in this College World Series. How you doing? Let's talk a little baseball. Let's talk baseball. Absolutely. You gave you gave a nice little synopsis. We had some some shockers and some uh, you know some not not terrible. I wouldn't say shockers, but we have had a couple big surprises so far. None more probably than NC State. NC State has been a surprise ever since they got an invite to the tournament. So that 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 was actually a surprise to some people. And then ever since then, that team has been as hot as, as any baseball team that I've seen in a long time. I mean, they're eliminating top five teams left and right here. I mean, uh, they they go in and they – well, Stanford was not a top five team. But Stanford was – they're not eliminated either, of course. But the, the first game – they beat Stanford 10-4. Stanford is an incredibly hot baseball team coming off a two-game sweep of Texas Tech, which was a national seed in Lubbock. So Stanford is a very hot baseball team. But NC State comes in and, and rolls over them 10-4, which which was just, again, they're hotter than anybody else. And then, of course, we have NC State blanking Vanderbilt in the second game uh, that they played, 1-0, which is incredible. Vanderbilt. Uh, this is a this is a juggernaut ball club. We've talked about them quite a bit. Now you can see the pitching for Vandy uh, did its job, gave up one run to to North Carolina State, but to hold Vanderbilt offense to zero is incredibly impressive. So North Carolina State is showing that they can drop ten on Stanford. That's a huge number, and then they can beat Vanderbilt one to zero. So they, at this point in time, they can do no wrong. They can win any way you need them to win. So this is a this is a wild story. The Wolfpack was, like we've talked about, just kind of a, a slightly above average team in the ACC. But come tournament time, this is just a, a ball of uh, knives just coming at everybody. And that's what happens. That's why, again, I'm not trying to sound like Nostradamus here, but if you go back about three weeks ago, I predicted NC State to win the College World Series. Mm-hmm. I've got the 
the tape to prove it. And, yeah, I remember. And part of that was just the fact that that's how this stuff works. You, 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 there's a team that comes out of nowhere, like a coastal Carolina, and they end up winning the darn thing. And I'm not going to brag too much because NC State could lose the next two. But so far, I'm doing pretty good on my prediction. <laughs> you are. You are doing. You are. And, yeah, and, and you had, I'm sure you had some scoffers. I was not a scoffer, but I'm sure you probably had some scoffers. And, and, and my, my prediction, by the way, came before – and still, I've yet to see NC State play a half inning of baseball all year long. I just kind of randomly said NC State, and yeah. I should have gone to Vegas. You should, you should, you should have. What you should have done is call somebody who knows Vegas. <laughs> and, you know, not not encouraging anything, but just made a play. You know, just kind of a play fun. Day, yeah. You know? Well, let's keep it in the ACC. Let's brag on another team, Virginia. Virginia just blanked Tennessee. And now yeah. they're looking good. ACC dominance, Matt Hermans. Yeah, and this is this is hilarious too. I say hilarious. It's funny because we had talked. Um, again, we have the tape to prove it. We've been we've talked uh, throughout this college baseball season about the ACC being a weird, weird baseball conference this year. Teams that are typically at the top uh, struggling. Teams that are never at the top. Notre Dame, for instance, uh, just absolutely dominating the league. And what has happened, though, which is funny, is that some of these traditional, what you would call it, a traditional baseball power in the in the ACC, Virginia certainly won, and NC State has, has certainly been one as well. They have they have managed to put things together. They have struggled during the regular season, but they they both have put things together. Virginia is another team. You look at their their regular season standings and their record. I mean, this is a team that, that needed to watch the selection show to see, just to make sure that they were going to make the tournament. And yeah, you're talking blanking Tennessee, which was the, um, the, uh, second, well, I guess the highest ranked seed remaining in the tournament. I go, well, Texas was a, was a number one seed. I take that back, but the very, very highly ranked baseball club and a top five club, uh, all year. And Virginia just goes six zero against them. Now, some of that, you know, you catch Tennessee on a cold bat day. That's kind of baseball, but. The fact that Virginia's in the College World Series is another incredible story, just like North Carolina State. Um, it's not something that I think anybody probably would have predicted. And and here we are. You're right. ACC. <laughs> ACC. 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 Right. We better talk about the SEC before half the country decides to turn us off today. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi right. State, to their credit, they got a big win, and they're going to be playing with a chance to have – perhaps three games in their national champions, the first national championship in MSU's history, if that ends up happening. So Mississippi State still with a lot to play for. Vanderbilt can bounce back. We know that. And mm-hmm. then you got Tennessee with uh, the matchup with Texas, an elimination game. What say you about the three SEC teams there in Omaha? So I guess if we're looking at the three SEC teams, obviously Mississippi State is in the the – catbird seat the driver's seat i mean they they started off with texas um, beat them two to one um that that is you know in baseball if you hold somebody to one run and you win by one run you think it's close but that's really it is close but that's a dominant performance that's a great that's a that's an incredible way to win a ball game it means your pitching and your defense really shut the longhorns down and texas comes out with their their ace their um ty madden who's who's a first round draft pick and um, he's not able to quite shut them down, just like uh, as much as they did him. So that that's a strong win uh, for Mississippi State, and they roll in next to play Virginia. And of course, um, you know they're hoping Virginia returns to the Virginia of the regular season, 
um, and not the Virginia that just blanked Tennessee. But Mississippi State sitting there at one and zero, they're they're in a great spot, and that's a great ball club as well um, all year. Um, also, Tennessee, um, we we're going to find out today. Either Tennessee ran out of gas and um, and is just struggling to put it together now with the pressure on them. This is not a perennial type team. In other words, the, the Tennessee Volunteers. Incredible sports programs, but as far as baseball goes, this is not a blue blood program by any means. So maybe the pressure is getting to them, or maybe they just had an off day and they bounce back against Texas. But Texas is going to be um, just as just as, uh, fired up to stay in the tournament as Tennessee. This is another um, this is another top seed. So we'll find out a lot about the the Tennessee Volunteer Club today, whether they get stiff under the pressure or whether they just loosen up and kind of get back to their ways before because this is Omaha is a lot of pressure it's it's a it is a it's a big deal and for a team that rarely gets there you may feel like you know you got to do something now because you're rarely there and sometimes that can weigh on you so I'll be curious to see this game here today um, at 2 p.m. Do you anticipate a slugfest in that nightcap when Virginia and Mississippi State get together? Well, it could, it could be. The way this um, college baseball works, most people understand, you're going to start off the College World Series, you're going to throw your ace. Uh, you're going to throw your best guy uh, on the first game. You did not want to go down the first game. So uh, Virginia did that, Mississippi State did that. So what you do is you go to your second guy. And a lot of these, these, are, these guys, these day two guys are very talented. But a lot of them are, are a little bit of a step down from your, from your absolute ace. So you'll typically see the scores jump up. So I expect, I don't expect 2-1, I don't expect 1-0. I expect some bats to be flying. Now, Omaha's a little bit different. It's hard to get the ball out of the stadium, but uh, you can still score some runs. We saw Vanderbilt, NC State, uh, and Virginia score a lot of runs, as well as Stanford. So uh, I expect, I expect maybe not double digits, but I expect more offense. All right. It's Omaha. It's the College World Series. Matt Hermans has said before, it's like Christmas for him. And we are excited for the remainder of the Southern teams that have an opportunity to win a national championship in college baseball. Matt, thank you very much. And uh, I guess you'll be watching a little ESPN between now and, let's say, middle of next week. No doubt about it. And thank you, sir. And before we go, though, everybody's on the edge of the seat. Who do you have, Barrister, walking away with the trophy? Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay true. I think I I took Tennessee at the beginning. I think they bounced back against Texas today. I so think they, UT is gonna win. I think you yeah. See, I'm not hedging. Not UTA, UTK. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm gonna say the uh, the brighter of the two oranges <laughs> is going to win. I'm still gonna stick with them. I I know it's a. Uh, and I didn't look so good in the first game, but I think maybe they got the jitters out. All right. That's the way this stuff works. Remember, NC State went into Baumwalker Stadium, got beat 21-2, to I think. And here they are three games away from winning the national championship if they're able to win all three. Matt Hermans, we really appreciate it. We look forward to talking hot dogs with you next week. I'll be ready to roll, sir. And for Mr. Posey, you harass me at church on Sunday for having a brain freeze and not playing the College World Series theme song. We'll go to break with a little back home in Omaha. We've got a great update on y'all.com coming up after the break, y'all. Stay tuned.
After talking hamburgers and baseball, I'm about ready to get out of here today and get eating. But guess what? we got one more hour of the Y'all Show coming up, so stay tuned for that. Also want to invite you here as we wrap up Hour 2 to go to y'all.com, the South's homepage. we got awesome articles up, including the importance of clean air for your health. We have a visit to Primland Resort in Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains. You can read all about that. Ann Braley recently visited that lovely spot in the Commonwealth, and you can learn about that. You can watch our Tricks of the Trade show with Jimmy the Duke and John Allen with that great home improvement show that's available to watch at y'all, plus some great musicians featured in interviews we have up at the South's homepage, y'all.com. That wraps up this hour. Again, we got more excitement coming your way. Hour three, we'll tell you how, men, you can live longer if you live by the three B's. We'll tell you what those three B's are. All that, as well as a southern accent on the arts from Kobe Bennett. That's ahead on the show that's all about the South. having fun i think we are hello it's the third hour of y'all on the second day of the work week inching our way closer to the weekend we got a couple more days though so don't get too excited i'm general john rawl the general of the south and it is just so wonderful to be back here with you as my friend Minnie pearl would say i'm just so proud to be here as my friend miss pam would tell us as she was in here on monday's y'all show i'm just so proud of you and we got southern pride and just southern pride all over the place on the show that is no doubt the south's show and you are a big part of what we do here because we wouldn't be doing it without you guys y'all.com is the website our number is 803-816-1170. Broadcasting on unbelievably awesome radio stations around the Southeast. We are the Y'all Show. And here in this third hour, we've got excitement, southern excitement coming your way. We're going to help you out here because, again, we're kind of proud of you. And to show off that southern pride, we've got courtesy of WTOP in Virginia, the three B's that can help men live longer. Three B's, not the little insect B, B double E, the three words that start with a B. And I don't know what they are. I might want to go kind of look at this during the commercial break, make sure I don't have a tough time with pronunciations on these three B's. I don't think they're going to be that hard to pronounce, but we'll have that in the next segment as we try to Help you out here. We're in the helping business on the y'all show. And we got that as a way to keep men like Duracell batteries just kind of lasting along. I guess it's Duracell. It's either them or the other Energizer. I guess if you're in the battery business, you both want to be a battery that lasts a long, 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 long time. And we want to make sure that you, if you're a, if you're a fella, that you last a long time. And we have an article that's going to tell you how three b's can help you you fellas live a long time now ladies we love you 
I just don't have an article for you today, but we want y'all to live a long time too. And you're probably going to live longer than fellows anyway. That's usually how it works. And uh, that that's the way it goes. So we're, we're, we love our – you know, here on the Y'all Show, we are equal opportunity lovers. We love our southern men, and we love our southern women. There, I said it. Also, in this third hour of the Y'all Show, we've got an accent on southern arts and entertainment. Kobe Bennett will be dropping by and having that report here as we have our Tuesday Y'all Show. Plus, your text welcome to 803-816-1170. It's y'all, and we're just, one more time, so proud to be here. Looking at Southern Sports here to get this third hour of the show all about the South up and going. And first of all, have you heard about what happened? This is a political slash sports story. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled on Monday unanimously siding with former college players in a dispute with the NCAA about compensation. As Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote the court's opinion, the majority opinion, which again was a unanimous opinion. So he had eight other justices that were sitting there saying, hey, Neil, let me write this one. He's like, nah, I I got this one. I don't know how they determine who writes opinions at the U.S. Supreme Court level. But this opinion upheld a district court judge's decision that the NCAA was violating antitrust law by placing limits on the education-related benefits that schools and universities provide for athletes. The decision allows colleges to provide their athletes with unlimited compensation as long as it is in some way connected to their education. That the unanimous ruling Monday from the Supreme Court of the United States affirming a ruling Monday that provides for an incremental increase in how college athletes can be compensated, and it also opens the door for future legal challenges that ultimately could deal a much more significant blow to the current business model that the NCAA engages in. And I think the writing's on the wall, likely to see more and more pay You already have the likeness issue that college athletes can benefit from. If they're not already, they will be soon. And college athletes will be making bank before they go off if they get a chance to play professional sports and make even more bank. And the Supreme Court seems to, with this ruling, be leaning toward the athlete against the NCAA. Now, Keeping it in Washington with another sports-related story that broke on Monday. The U.S. Senator from Florida is Marco Rubio, and he wants to help out a guy that's supposed to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and that's Cameron Kinley, a Memphis native who played for the United States Naval Academy. Go Middies! He was a cornerback for the Navy defense. And now Cameron Kinley is in a little bit of a sea battle. A skirmish on the high seas, in this case with the United States Department of Defense, because the military is saying that Ensign Kinley must report to duty and can not go off to training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a few weeks. And now U.S. Senator Marco Rubio of the Sunshine State has penned a letter to Joe Biden and urging the president to assist this former midshipman cornerback, Mr. Kinley, a.k.a. Ensign Cameron Kenley, USN, and asking 
Biden to delay his commission with the Navy so he can attend training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of which he has signed, I think, a a free agent deal, a non-drafted free agent agreement is what he has currently with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Navy recently saying that he's got a report that he's already missed out on his chance to appeal, that he has to go serve in the United States Navy and put off his plans to play in the NFL. Remember, a few years back, President Trump initiated a, a deal where if you're a service academy graduate, you can go immediately and play in a professional setting if you have that opportunity. And we've seen a few people get their waivers and delay their service. West Point's John Radigan, Nolan Laufenberg of Air Force, and Air Force also another Air Force Falcon, George Silvanic, all with a chance to at least attempt to get onto an NFL roster or stay on an NFL roster. Now, Ensign Kinley has already sought help from another senator in Washington, D.C., as he has contacted his U.S. senator from the volunteer state, Marsha Blackburn, and he is trying to get all the help he can to have a chance to be an NFL player in the forthcoming season. Now, the Navy has also denied another. They got something against these midshipmen, evidently. The acting secretary of the Navy is Thomas W. Harker, and Secretary Harker has denied Navy midshipman pitcher Charlie Connolly, not the old Ole Miss quarterback that went on and played for the New York football giants. This is a midshipman baseball pitcher, Charlie Charlie Connolly, and he's not going to be eligible in the upcoming Major League Baseball draft because, again, the acting secretary of the United States Navy says he's got to go off and serve immediately. Now, Ensign Kinley signed with the Bucks as an undrafted free agent and attended rookie camp, and while he was in rookie camp, he intercepted second-round draft pick Kyle Trask before, hey, Ensign, come over here. we got a letter coming in from the Pentagon. It says you're not going to be able to, to delay your commission. You better uh, grab your bag. Shore Patrol will be here any second, and you're going to go off and serve. Actually, he's not <laughs> serving quite yet. He reports to a ship near you on June 28th. And Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians. You know, they got a ship in the end zone there at Raymond James Stadium. I know y'all seen it, kind of a pirate ship. The Navy needs to find a way for Ensign Kenley to kind of get a sign to that ship. And I bet you it's got a nickname there at the stadium in Tampa Bay, home of the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. And he'll just have his service for right now be swabbing the deck of that ship there in the end zone in Tampa Bay. <laughs> but we wish him well. And if he isn't able to serve, at least in the NFL, and he has to go serve in something called the United States Navy, hopefully he'll stay safe and he'll be able to continue working out. And who knows, he even if he's not able to play in the NFL this season, he'll be able to come back and we, we'll be hearing about Cameron Kinley as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after he's already kind of done the David Robinson thing and gone off and served a little bit. And maybe he'll be bigger, stronger, faster, and I know he'll be a lot smarter. And he'll be looking oh so good in that great-looking white Navy uniform. I'm sure – is that dress whites? I'm sure it has – all you U.S. Navy veterans – 
help this uh, guy here who's never been on a U.S. Navy ship at sea before. What do y'all call that white uniform? Of course, you don't wear that too much in today's Navy. I saw a guy over the weekend, though. I went to a ceremony, and this retired Navy guy, he was a chief, master chief, and I guess if you're a honorably discharged veteran, you can wear the uniform of your branch as long as you can squeeze into it the rest of your life. And this guy looked like he had been out about 15 years from the Navy. He was decked out in his all-white Navy uniform with the white shoes, the white pants, the white coat, the white hat. And I don't know if this regulation or not, Navy, help me out, 803-816-1170. He even had on white gloves. And this was a black guy, too. So you talk about a a, a, a very stark contrast of a, a black guy in a beautiful white uniform, a beautiful black guy in a beautiful white uniform. It it definitely was a striking scene there to see him. And uh, I guess the Navy's got just the opposite of that, too, because they have an all-black uniform that officers I know wear. And I guess if you're a white guy wearing that black uniform, you, you stand out pretty uh, strong there in the high seas of the world in that particular uniform. Most of the time, I think Naval personnel wear the kind of camo uniform that's kind of become the norm in the nation's military, and they wear their little baseball caps too, which one of my great possessions that I need to dig up somewhere. I helped out the United States uh, ship USS Enterprise many years ago, and I got them a bunch of autographed CDs and pictures from a good Mississippi girl named Faith Hill. This was right at the height of her fame and somewhere around the breathe years. And as a thank you for getting them all kinds of goodies from Faith Hill, thanks to Warner Brothers Records, by the way, for helping me get that to the USS Enterprise, the commander of the ship, who might even be a four-star admiral by now, the commander of the Enterprise actually sent me a really cool little uh, care package, if you will, and it had the hat that they wear in the Navy with the USS Enterprise, and it even had the scrambled eggs, I think it's what it's called there on the front, that an officer would have. And it had my name on the back, and that was really neat. And I, I thank the U.S. Navy for doing that, and I also thank my great friend, my late friend, sadly, Lieutenant John Vallotta, C-U-S-N, for his uh, great work there on the high seas and helping me get those nice gifts from the USS Enterprise, which... I think, let me pull this up, I think that ship's been retired. It was an aircraft carrier, and I don't think it's sailing the high seas anymore. I'm pretty sure that it is now decommissioned. CVN-65, it was launched in 1960, the Big E. And the USS Enterprise, I bet you some of you out here hearing me today have served on the CVN-65, the USS Enterprise. It was decommissioned decommissioned in 2017, so it's no longer sailing. And I don't know if it's been, I think they use the term scrapped or struck, stricken from the record. Its current status in Norfolk at Newport News it is awaiting recycling at a shipyard there. So it is going to be CVN-65 recycled. 
which is better than going off to Bikini, which a lot of ships went to back in the late 40s, and they used those ships for atomic tests, and they got blown apart by nuclear weapons in the old days of testing nuclear weapons and stuff. So it looks like this will be turned into another ship at some point. But the USS Enterprise was a part of the Cuban Missile Crisis of 62 and was involved with lots of deployments to Vietnam, had an awful fire in 1969, and you had 27 sailors killed, 314 injured in that 1969 fire on the USS Enterprise. And I think John McCain was part of that, I think, if my memory is correct. And then, of course, it participated a lot in the high seas post-Vietnam. But now, in Newport News, it is in the process of being recycled. So I apologize for going to talking about sports to the USS Enterprise and the United States Navy. But, hey, that's what we do here on the Y'all Show. The southern-based USS Enterprise, as it's uh, it calls good old Virginia home, at least while it's still standing. The LPGA is calling good old Atlanta, Georgia home this week as this week it's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship taking place in Johns Creek, north of downtown Atlanta, and that is the Atlanta Athletic Club, which is where this will be held, the 67th KPMG Women's PGA Championship. And lots of money on the line. This is one of the five major golf tournaments held for women on the PGA Tour each year. And I have been to a wedding at Atlanta Athletic Club in the last couple of years, and I had no idea about its history. All I know is I had to go to a wedding. And I show up there, and I see some cool memorabilia while I'm in there having my Coca-Cola's, good Atlanta company, at this wedding reception. And it turns out the Atlanta Athletic Club was founded in 1898 in this suburb, Johns Creek, 23 miles, 23 miles due north of Atlanta. And in 1904, a golf course was built on Atlanta's East Lake property. And John Heisman, the Georgia Tech football coach for whom the Heisman Trophy was named, was hired as the Atlanta Athletic Club's athletic director. So this athletic club was founded, again, at Eastlake, which is now, of course, where they have the Eastlake Golf Club, where the Tour Championship is held each year. But there were some changes as Atlanta grew and grew so big, and Bobby Jones was a big part of Eastlake, that the Atlanta Athletic Club in 1967 decided to move from that part of the Atlanta area, which is technically, I think, DeKalb County, just a few miles east of downtown Atlanta. They vacated the AAC, the East Lake Golf Club, and and they ended up forming and starting this Atlanta Athletic Club in Johns Creek. So that's the history. So the AAC does still claim its East Lake roots, and it took a lot of the memorabilia from East Lake with it when it moved to Johns Creek. But it's really only been in the North Fulton County area for just a few decades. 
It's a beautiful golf course, though, and and it's going to be on display this weekend again with this major golf tournament, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship taking place. Now, the Atlanta Athletic Club has hosted great tournaments in the past. It hosted a U.S. Open back in 76. It's hosted three different PGA Championships, 1981, 2001, 2011. On the women's side, it hopes it hosted the U.S. Women's Open back in 1990, and now, for the first time in ten years, another major. This time, a women's event coming in this weekend: the Women's PGA Championship at this private club in Johns Creek, Alabama, a golf course designed by Robert Trent Jones. Y'all know about him and what he's done in golf around the southeast, specifically in the state of Georgia. If you go there to AAC, you will see right outside the front door a great statue of one of AAC's famed alums, Bobby Jones, which I don't know if he's credited with being a founder of this thing. I guess not since it was started in 1898, 1898 rather. But Atlanta and golf are synonymous with, and, and Georgia and golf, and heck, golf period is synonymous with the great Bobby Jones. Atlanta's on the PGA tour this week. will be hanging out, not in the South, but they will be in Connecticut and they'll be hanging out at the TBC river Highlands. It's the travelers championship. Dustin Johnson is the defending champion of the travelers. That'll be taking place this weekend. And if you look forward on the calendar for the PGA tour following Connecticut, it's a continued trip into Yankee land as they'll go from Connecticut to Detroit where Detroit Golf Club hosts next weekend, July 4th weekend, the Rocket Mortgage Classic there. And then it's that fun tournament in the Quad Cities as the TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois, will be hosting the John Deere Classic, July 8th to 11th. And then the winner of that, if they've not won and if they're not eligible, they literally get to go run out on a plane and fly all the way to Kent, England because – They're the last person accepted into the Open Championship. And the Open Championship on the PGA Tour is July 15th through 18th from Royal St. George's Golf Club in Kent. Shane Lowry is your defending Open Champion. And it'll be the final major on the PGA Tour of 2021. So golf is certainly in full swing, to pardon the pun there. And we got some great golf on the women's and men's side this weekend nba is definitely in full swing too and they resume activities here on this tuesday it'll be the western finals game two between the la clippers and the phoenix suns that tips off at nine eastern eight central on espn from downtown phoenix then on the eastern side game one of the finals commences on wednesday that's got the south on atlanta hawks the hawks and the milwaukee bucks will be tipping off on TNT at 8.30 on Wednesday. And that's a quick update of what's going on from a NBA standpoint as that season also winding down. And a reminder of college baseball, you got two games going on. You've got a 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central game today between Tennessee and Texas. It's an elimination game on ESPNU as one UT advances and one UT goes back. Will it be the one going back to Austin, or will it be the one right back to Rocky Top? 
And then on ESPN2 on this Tuesday evening, you've got the nightcap of the two games being played. Mississippi State with a big win over Texas in that first game on Sunday. MSU will be taking on the Virginia Cavaliers in the nightcap of the College Baseball World Series on ESPN2. That one's set for a 7 Eastern, 6 p.m. start, 6 p.m. Central start from Omaha. The Bullies and the Hoos. And that's a quick look at all your southern sports going on across the southeast here on this Tuesday. When we come back, we're going to try to keep y'all going, especially if you're a fella. We've got, thanks to an article at WTOP, the three Bs that can help a man live a longer life. We'll share that. And don't forget, we also have Kobe Bennett dropping by shortly with a southern accent on arts and entertainment. This is The Y'all Show. those men forester sisters out of lookout mountain georgia that uh, nice quintet is that what they're called there i think so yeah country music hit makers of the 80s and they were talking about men and we're gonna be talking about men i'm a little prejudiced i like guys frankly i mean guys are okay in my opinion i don't know if you like guys or you hate men if you're a hater and you might be a guy that hates guys <laughs> That's okay, but what we want to do here in this segment of the Y'all Show is not necessarily praise or bash men. We just kind of want to keep men around, if you can. And thanks to WTOP.com, we have the three B's that can help men enjoy longer lives. If you want to keep your your lover, your, 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 your kid, you might have a kid that's a fella, or you might want to... Your boss, you, know, you, you might want to let, help them stick around a little bit longer. Well, they need to pay close attention to this article at WTOP.com because it just might save your life or it might save someone else's life. And again, here on the Y'all Show, we're kind of in the hip in business here, and we want to share what this article is out. Christy King has penned this for WTOP, and the three Bs are, get ready, berries, beans, and broccoli. If you help out your diet with those three Bs, you, according to Christy King, just might enjoy a longer life because those three Bs will help control cholesterol, sugar, blood pressure, and some doctors are saying this will help keep you around 
a lot longer. First off, did you realize that this month of June is Men's Health Month? And doctors around the South are raising awareness about the need for men to take care of themselves. And fellas, go see your doctor. Don't be so prideful or tough and think, oh, I haven't seen a doctor in 29 years. Well, what's, I mean, you're not going to get a medal when you die that you didn't go see a doctor for 29 years when if you'd have seen a doctor at year 28, you might still be living. You're not going to win an award. You're not going to get a pat on the back by being tough. If you've got an issue, go see a doctor. But even if you don't have an issue, it's still a smart thing to go get a checkup yearly. They want to go in and check your blood pressure, your pulse, check your blood levels. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on the radio. Just do the right thing. Most of you have some kind of insurance. It'll help to pay for most of that. In fact, most insurance plans, you don't get charged at all for the, in some places they call it a healthy you visit. Just go do the right thing. Now, one doctor in Virginia is Jason Singh, and he says that when we stratify the top 10 leading causes of death by sex, men lead in nearly one of those categories. Nine out of 10 leading causes of death, men lead. Furthermore, conditions like these are manageable and by and large are preventable, according to Dr. Jason Singh of Kaiser Permanente in Manassas, Virginia. Despite men being more likely to get sick from serious health problems than women, Dr. Singh said only 40% of them go to the doctor when they fear they have a serious medical condition. Going back to, gentlemen, you have nothing to prove here. It doesn't matter if you think it's going to be, you know, not so tough to go see a doctor. I don't care if you stumped your toe. And if it hurts, go see a doctor. I was talking to a great friend of mine for the first time in a year since the pandemic started and he's 78 years old my old buddy my old boss and he even worked for me for a short time and i was catching up with him he lives in a i won't call it assisted living place but it's a place where a lot of old folks or mature folks would be the nicer way to say it all share a big high-rise together and my friend was telling me that he had decided not to have his car anymore. He sold his car. He has no way of getting around. He depends on public transit. And he was telling me about a friend of his who I had actually met before. We had actually went out to Cracker Barrel together. That friend, had, had he's uh, somewhere in his 70s also. That friend had recently inherited some money from his mother, I think, and went out and bought a very nice vehicle. And my friend had a medical appointment this guy volunteered to take him to and on the way to that clinic they got in a horrible wreck and this guy ended up walking away going to the hospital getting checked out they let him go he goes back to this giant high rise of mature people and has a lot of pain collapses goes to the hospital and dies from a car wreck after he had just had this brand new car a couple of days and my friend was the reason he got in a wreck because he was taking him to a doctor's appointment. My friend obviously feels pretty bad about it. So the point of that story was perhaps this guy, I don't know all the reasons, but there was a chance he could have been a little bit more 
of the tough guy and said, I'll go. I want to get out of this hospital. Let me go back. And if he'd had maybe one more test done, they could have seen perhaps he was having internal bleeding or don't know the exact reason for his death in that car wreck. But uh, the scary stuff, scary stuff. And Dr. Singh in Virginia is an internal medicine doctor, and he stresses the importance of prevention. And one big part of which of prevention is your diet. And he is the one saying, fellas, and ladies too, it's just common sense, eat berries, beans, and broccoli because these foods are particularly rich in fiber and they promote good gut health. And that lowers the risk of colon cancer. Beans, broccoli, and berries. And I'll be honest, Dr. Singh, yours truly ain't got good gut health right now because I don't eat a lot of berries. I really never eat beans, and I never eat broccoli. So I'm staring colon cancer perhaps right in the face if I don't get some of those bees in my diet. And if you're a fella, add one, two, or all three of these things to your diet soon because it will help, as he says, with your gut. As we get older, that gut has a lot of stuff going on inside there, and some of us have a bigger gut than others. Some of us have a bigger gut, and we shouldn't have a bigger gut. I was a good boy about this time last year, and I was exercising, eating really good and and now this year I am not exercising like I should and I'm not quite eating too bad but I'm not eating like I should either and you know what I feel it and I bet you you know exactly what I'm talking about guys and girls alike when you start slacking up whether it's not exercising and or not eating quite like you should you can feel it you can see it and I'm not exactly happy about it and I got to start doing something about it soon maybe my first of july goal is to start sweating a little bit more than i have and and eating better although i I haven't i have been pretty careful on my food i don't pig out that's another big problem here in the south we have is we eat more than we should we eat too much sweet stuff and from what i remember from a year ago my diet is not all that different but here's the difference by not exercising, I am likely to add on pounds because the one thing about exercising is you get to reduce those calories that you burn, and you end up having less than a 2,000-calorie day. I'm not Dr. Singh. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life healthy-wise, but I am here to tell you that if you're a guy, according to Dr. Jason Singh of Manassas, Virginia, those three Bs can be lifesavers for you, and they will promote good gut health to help all those factors we talk about, lowering your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels and such. And it all comes down to the three Bs. Berries, beans, broccoli. Berry, beans, broccoli. A berry, beans, broccoli. And one more time, a berry, beans, and broccoli. If you do those three and you eat them somewhat regularly, guys and gals alike, You're going to have a wonderful, beautiful, healthy gut. And if you know anything about the German language, the German language word for good is the exact spelling of the word 
in language for the area I just talked about, gut, G-U-T. And so if you work on the three Bs, it will be very, very, or let me say it with a German accent, it will be very, very gut for your gut if you do all those things. Gesundheit. <laughs> and that, again, according to WTOP.com. Go there and check out the article. They do a, a great job of letting us all know what we can do, again, to provoke, promote and preserve guys and get you back to being in good shape and hopefully living extremely long and healthy lives. And we appreciate that website for putting that information up there. We'll come right back on the y'all show. Kobe Bennett will be dropping by. He's got a Southern accent on arts and entertainment. Can't wait to hear what Kobe's got to say. And before the hour is up, your calls and phone calls and texts. Welcome 803-816-1170. We'll be right back with the show all about the South. Goot, goot, goot. Accent. Here's what's entertaining the South from y'all.com. I'm Kobe Bennett. Hitting screens this week on June 25th is F9, the latest in the high-octane Fast and the Furious franchise. The new film will feature the return of series staples such as Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Ludacris, and Tyrese Gibson, as well as introduce John Cena to the Fast Saga. Regarding her continued role in the Furious film, San Antonio-born Michelle Rodriguez said in an interview with Entertainment Tonight, I mean, it's surreal. I feel like I was such a baby back then, you know? <laughs> and, and to see how much we've grown, you know? Now Vin's got a whole entire family. I'm, you know, the godmother to his kids. It's a very beautiful journey, and, and to think that we could represent represent something for people around the world is like a whole other monster it's like we take it very seriously and and hold it very dear to our hearts and and treat it very preciously f9 races into theaters this friday june 25th entertainment headlines and more at y'all.com all right hey gotta keep that on the schedule for the weekend for many of you always good to see a vin diesel movie and that one there, Fast and Furious in theaters this weekend. Can't wait. I know a lot of you have not seen a movie in a long, long time. And this one may just give you enough of a reason to jump off the couch and head on down and get you about $25 worth of popcorn and about $25 worth of Cokes and a ticket that costs you probably about $10. But you'll have a great time, guaranteed. And we need to start having those little sound effects like they do there on Entertainment Tonight and uh, E! Access Hollywood, whatever all those TV shows are with their little sound effects in the background. we got to start doing that. Hey, 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 help me out over here, y'all. We've got another segment of the show all about the South coming up, so stay tuned. I'm John Raw. We appreciate you being on The Y'all Show.
Let's all go to Margaritaville here as we wrap up this Tuesday Y'all Show with General John Rawls, CSA Certified South Ron. Uh, And have you been to Margaritaville lately? Jimmy, can can we all come to Margaritaville? I I don't see why we can't. In fact, you can go to Margaritaville right now and it won't even cost you a darn penny because it's margaritaville.com is the website. And you can go there and learn about Margaritaville Island. And it's a island reserve, Riviera Cancun. Learn more about this all-inclusive collection. Jimmy, you've sold out, and you've got a little bit of everything. He's like the Donald Trump of music with all his different things you can do there, evidently, with the Margaritaville brand. <laughs> but you also can dine Margaritaville. What, 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 let me, that, we like to talk about food, don't we? You can dine at Margaritaville. They've got locations in a bunch of places. Margaritaville. I'm going to go through the menu in a second. But as far as their restaurant locations, you might have seen them. There is a Margaritaville in Biloxi, in Paradise Island on the Bahamas, Atlantic City. Nothing says Margaritaville like Atlantic City, New Jersey. They have a Margaritaville in Chicago, Cleveland, and Cozumel. That's in Mexico, in case you're wondering. How about in Jamaica? At Trelawney in Jamaica is Falmouth. Grand Cayman is a Margaritaville. Then there's a Margaritaville. I've seen this one in Destin. Didn't realize it was as many locations as they've got around the world. They've got a Margaritaville Grand Turk, Turk and Cakes Coast. They got one in Hollywood at Universal City, Hollywood Beach, Florida. There's a lot of these things. Vegas. Hey, they got one in Key West. I was about to say they better have one in Key West. They got one at Margaritaville Restaurant, Key West. Another one located in Vegas, one in the Mall of America, Myrtle Beach. There on the Grand Strand is a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville restaurant. There's one in Nashville. Niagara Falls. And on the Canadian side, there's one. I've always been told the Canadian side of Niagara Falls was better than the American side. We can't let that happen, America. We've got to declare war on Canada and steal back the Niagara Falls. Let's do that. Yeah, I said it. Pigeon Forge, there's one there at the Margaritaville restaurant, Pigeon Forge. Panama City, PCB's got a Margaritaville restaurant. Jimmy, you're not going to get off easy. You're going to have to start singing again, Margaritaville, when we're sitting here talking about your restaurant. There we go. Also, Orlando, Tulsa, San Antonio, and coming soon, Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett's restaurant, coming to Times Square, New York City, as well as Boston, Massachusetts at... Faneuil Hall, I think is how that is pronounced in Beantown. So he's done quite well kind of licensing out or franchising these things. Margaritaville restaurants. Jimmy Buffett. Now what is on the menu? Let me try to see if I can't pull that up. If they've made that easy for you. They've got the Land Shark Bar and Grill at these Margaritaville restaurants. 
and I guess you have to go to each individual place for their no it looks like forgive me Jimmy you are so successful that the land shark bar and grill is a completely separate deal from the Margaritaville restaurant and then there's even air Margaritaville I bet you that's probably in airports yeah you can go to an airport location of air Margaritaville and have a taste of Jimmy Buffett when you travel to places like Detroit my god do they need a taste of Margaritaville in the Motor City but even in Panama City there's an air Margaritaville then they have another line of dining and drinking options from Jimmy called the 5 o'clock somewhere bar I wonder if Alan Jackson gets a little cut off of that and it looks like the 5 o'clock somewhere bar often is located within the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville restaurant but as I said we need to find out what exactly might be on the menu at one of these restaurants so let me pick a fairly centrally located option for many of you in the south we'll go to we'll go to panama city and check out the margaritaville menu there at panama city florida so the dinner menu if you want to go in there and take a seat at the bar and get you good food coming at the pcb margaritaville restaurant come on now menu open up you're on margaritaville time it looks like I'm taking your sweet time opening up here for us here. Hey, we got places to go, y'all, at Margaritaville. Let's let's get it let's get it going. It looks like it's finally up. So here, entrees at Margaritaville. I'm making you hungry, aren't I? They've got chicken fajitas, land shark fish and chips. That's hand dipped in land shark. That you might know is a type of beer. I think that Jimmy Buffett's got out there. Not the completely ridiculous awful scary disastrous mascot that the university of mississippi has embraced the last couple of years they've got land shark fish and chips they also have on the menu crispy coconut shrimp crab cakes louisiana cajun shrimp and grits on the menu at margaritaville i based on my observation need to find my way to a margaritaville restaurant they've got Yummy stuff on the menu and a great variety. They even have good burgers. They call them Burgers in Paradise. Off of another great Jimmy Buffett song. And they've got the Garlic Bacon Burger. The Rancho Deluxe Burger. They even have on the menu cheese. No, no, no. They got the Cheeseburger in Paradise. But they got the Double Cheeseburger in Paradise at Margaritaville Restaurants. Plus the Cheddar Barbecue Burger on the menu at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville with locations all around the world, it looks like. I'll tell you what, for a fella born in Pascagoula and raised in the Mobile and South Mississippi area and a Southern Miss alumnus, Jimmy Buffett, for a failed newspaper and, and I guess, billboard writer that you were before you somehow started getting big into the songwriting and music side of things, I'd say you've done all right. You are a good old Southern boy, minus some of your more, mm, maybe not agreeable things with most of your listeners on some of the uh, political side of things. I think Jimmy Buffett has definitely gone out and campaigned against Republican opponents here in recent years, and that's, I'm sure, not exactly what a lot of his big fans wanted to hear or see their hero out getting so politically involved, but he 
lives mostly, I think, maybe it's his influence. Instead of living on Key West or in the South, Jimmy Buffett, I do believe, calls Long Island off of New York, the coast of, of New York home. That, that's, I think, where he primarily lives. So, Jimmy, you're going to have to come back down to earth and remember it's 5 o'clock somewhere and get you your southern roots connected again. Lulu, his sister, has got the place down in the Gulf Shores area of Alabama and maybe one more. But we're not here to talk about sis. We're here to talk about Jimmy on today's Y'all Show. They also have good drinks. So they've got a drink call 5 o'clock somewhere. And it includes the lines in the menu of give me a hurricane before I go insane. And this thing has paradise passion fruit and a little bit of rum and more in the five o'clock somewhere drink available at Jimmy Buffett's Margarita. They've got also what they call the lovely cruise drink there that you can check out. They've got sunburn. That's got tequila and citrus vodka combined to go in that one. Booze in the blender is another option there at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. And and let me get over before we get out of here today, since I'm promoting Jimmy Buffett in a big way. Jimmy, if you're listening, we could sure use the help here on the Y'all Show. Let me see if they got a listing of the sweet stuff at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. <laughs> they got plenty of drinks that have a little bit of kick, that have a little bit of a sweet thing going on with that. But I'm not seeing, they're not, at least here on that page, that obvious to see what their desserts are. But surely, to goodness, they got some good desserts. And that is a, for me, a big part of the decision making when I'm on vacation is not only to have a great food and a great drink experience, but I want to have a good dessert. I want to have some good ice cream when I'm out touring the southeast. And I think this place, Margaritaville, and the locations that it has all over the south and beyond seems to be a very, very good thing. That's just one of the things that Jimmy Buffett's got going on at margaritaville.com. It's a website that promotes his restaurant. It includes stuff where you can tune in and listen and hear all about Jimmy. Do you realize that Jimmy has his own radio Margaritaville? He has his own podcast. He has his own TV, kind of virtual TV channel there at margaritaville.com. And he's got tour dates. Let me see if Jimmy Buffett's going to be touring anywhere near you, if they've listed that yet, on margaritaville.com. Here we go. He will be at Ascend Amphitheater in Nashville July 6th. He'll be there July 8th. How about that, Jimmy? You're not playing July 7th, so you and I can get together and have a couple rounds of uh, either golf or drinks, if you'd like, there in Nashville at Ascend Amphitheater, July 6th and 8th. He'll be in Steve Warner's hometown of Noblesville, Indiana, July 10th, Cincinnati, July 13th. He'll be at the Pavilion at Star Lake in Pennsylvania on the 15th of July. Then he's going to, according to his schedule, got he's got something back in Nashville on July 16th. I'm not really sure what's going on there. As a lot of these dates are in parentheses saying rescheduled. So, Jimmy, if you're listening, uh, help me out here and let's try to figure out when and where you're going to be because you've got a lot of fans. I've seen Jimmy Buffett in Nashville at the old arena there that's now called Bridgestone Arena. It was called something else at the time. But, yeah, he's a he puts on a heck of a concert. And if you're able to go out and see him in concert, do that. 
I'm a little confused again by the way this schedule is listed at margaritaville.com with its rescheduled in parentheses for a lot of these dates. But he's going to be, according to the schedule, at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado. That's a famous place. He'll be out west for that. He'll be in Bristow, Virginia, part of Jiffy Lube Live on August 7th. A lot of Nashville dates. So, yeah, if you love Jimmy Buffett, there's a good chance he is going to be not all that far from you. And if nothing else, you can go to margaritaville.com and catch up with this Mississippian and Alabamian and Southerner at heart and the great style and just coolness that Jimmy Buffett evokes. And we're proud to showcase his website, margaritaville.com, here on the show that's all about good Southerners. Well, that will wrap up this edition of the Y'all Show Tuesday edition. We're going to have a fantastic Y'all Show coming your way on Wednesday. And you don't want to miss out on the fun as we'll be covering news and books and ACC sports. Good luck to all the teams in the College World Series going on today. Mississippi State and Virginia are the nightcap. Until we see you tomorrow, have a good rest of your day. This is the Y'all Show. How I got here.